Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzball. I am Joe the Wookie Riot. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. A place where we get to let our geek flag fly and talk about all things geek. As I've said before, this isn't an amalgamation of geek news or a comprehensive guide to all genres or the world of geekdom. Hopefully it's just a fun place to cover some geek news, comics, The Simpsons, Star Wars, and whatever randomness finds its way on the recording. But let us get started. Well, hey, hey, friends. Welcome to level 272 of Laugh It Up Fuzz Balls. Uh, and what does what what uh means? The means friends. The means friends. It can mean what? It can mean pizza too. Uh, well, I don't, I don't, I think we should keep with the branding of Zah means friends for the podcast, but in your personal life, if you want Zah to mean pizza, I mean, Zah can mean whatever you want. Well, that's you know, like when, when you walk up to a group of fellow younglings and you're like, what's up? <laughs> How's it going, fellow kids? <laughs> Hello, fellow children. <laughs> for the per- 20 year olds how be all of you for the purposes of uh the podcast and the fuzzy trilogy of us uh za means friends za means friends and in this case it's it's usual it's the trio the 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 blue benjamin blue for blue that is who i be the fourth of his line and then of course the sheriff of dusseldorf none other than danny the deuce hey hey and uh yeah, like in a in a world of geekdom, sometimes we have like really good plans. Like we're gonna have a great conversation about death in Star Wars, or we're gonna have a really great conversation about making a better Star Wars, or oof moments, or this or that. And and sometimes we're just like, let's just talk. Yeah. <laughs> like and here here's a few ideas. <laughs> and uh, ostensibly this podcast is uh all about spilling the the tea on Shang-Chi and Ghostbusters and uh, then uh maybe maybe asking if we want a little boba in that tea but uh, <laughs> uh but, yeah, yes yes but uh also it's it's just sort of random like we we literally can talk about whatever and I think uh I wanted to start like actually we were we were sort of recording off mic and Danny started talking about something cool and I'm like dude I would rather just hear about this and let the world like because honestly our, our geeky conversations off mic are always better than the ones on mic and that's because we don't have any planning involved so I, I figure why not include a little bit of that goodness for everybody and uh i throw the floor to you gentlemen what's been good in your geeky lives oh man so they've been doing a whole bunch of uh um like kaiju stuff because i don't know if you guys saw but uh marvel has been doing um ultraman like comic books have you seen this no so freaking so freaking cool so they had um art germ um i don't know if you guys are are familiar with his artwork he's absolutely phenomenal does a bunch of different uh cover work he's done work with like uh the phoenix and and um like black cat and all sorts of different uh, uh scarlet witch was like one of his one of his most recent ones that he did um but he's like a cover artist right and he does a whole bunch of like different artwork oh he also works for dc actually he did a couple of Supergirls, uh power girl um wonder woman they usually have him doing chicks because of his creative properties like pepper and stuff like that anyways so he did the uh the cover art for some of the um uh ultraman stuff and because of that 
uh, they've been doing, you know, Ultraman uh, being kaiju sized, giant alien dude uh, helping out humanity and shit. Uh, all of his villains are like Godzilla monsters, right? So there's been a, another recent research of, you know, from the from the Godzilla movies and the and now the Ultraman stuff. There's been another big research of Godzilla stuff. So they just came out with like some of these figures of Godzilla, and one of them is the 1999 Godzilla uh, from Godzilla Final Wars, and it looks fucking sick. It's like uh, that Godzilla was kind of like Godzilla went through like a year of p90x and he's just like fucking built so i really want that thing it's way too expensive and i'll never buy it but like i want it and it looks fucking cool and then they came out with um a new gamera figure because it was the 54th or 44th birthday for i think it was 44th birthday for gamera and they came out with a new figure for him and oh my god it is just I'm like, uh, just give me all the giant kaiju monsters. Give me, give me, give me. <laughs> and now they're doing um a new season for the Ultraman Netflix series, which I heard is absolutely incredible, but I haven't watched yet, and I really want to. Um, and they're coming out with new figures for that one, which will be scaled to the Godzilla and Gamera um figures that just came out. So that you can play with all of them at once. Isn't that dope? When you, that, is, that is cool. When you said scale, cool. I thought you were going to say one in one scale. I was like, bro, ain't no one got space for that. No. <laughs> no, just like uh, scale to each other so that you can like, oh, have a nice little kaiju battle uh, in your house and stuff. That's, <laughs> well, I know like Blue, I haven't read it, but Mark Bernardin, uh, I don't know if he finished the run, but he's doing a Marvel comic called uh, King and Black Planet of the Symbiotes, mm-hmm. which includes like kaiju monsters. And one of them, like, you know, I always joke about American kaiju is Paul Bunyan. But yeah. apparently like in the comic, there is Captain America as a kaiju. Oh, so do you know about that one? The American kaiju? No, I because I'm waiting to to read the run like when it's collected. Oh, bro, you'll you'll be really happy with that character. It's not Captain America, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know, it, I know that much. But like, it's like Godzilla with American flag on his chest. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's is absolutely hilarious. The character is hilarious. You're gonna love him. So you've been reading the run? I have not, but I I saw that character and I needed to know. So I read the books that he was in and like his little origin story of what they talked about. And I was like, "Ugh, I love him. Great. It's so silly. Every time I hear Mark Bernard and talk about that comic, I think of you blue. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Marvel has published some kaiju comics. um, Yeah, of course. But yeah, like, I don't know. I just thought of you since you were mentioning that other stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's, that's what's been going on in my geeky life. That and hating transformers for them making their toys so damn expensive all i want to do is finish my dinobots god damn it and i can't do it because these these fucks sell their toys too expensive <laughs> which one are you missing i am missing um uh so the set that i'm trying to collect is called the power of the primes dinobots and i have grimlock and um 
uh, slug, which is the Triceratops. I have Grimlock and the Triceratops slug on my desk right now, but I am missing Swoop, the Pterodactyl. I am missing Sludge, the Brontosaurus, and I am missing... Uh, the fuck is the Stegosaurus's name? Swoop, Sludge, and Slug. Banana. Slug, that's his name, Slug. Okay, so you're missing three of them and they're really expensive? Yep. <laughs> they're super expensive and it's pissing me off. Like, there's something <laughs> Swoop right now for, I think it was uh, $70. And I'm like, what the hell? I got Slug when he came out was only like 12 bucks. What the fuck? And is it Sludge? Yeah. yeah. Is it Snarl the Stegosaurus? Oh, Snarl. That's right. That's right. You're right. I just Stegosaurus Snarl. is my favorite favorite dino. So yes, it was, it was somewhere in my brain. <laughs> Snarl, Sludge, Swoop, Slug, which yeah. it used to be Slag, but then the British got mad. Yeah, I was it, literally in my head. I'm like, his name's like Grunt or like Growl or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I got the I got the others, and they they come together. This is like one of the series that um uh that the the Dinobots actually come together like like the Devastator, and uh, they form a, a bot called Volcanus, and it's it looks badass. And you can get this extra little like set that um. Uh, like a third party made like a set to make it look even better when it's in like the full robot mode. And that is like uh, 60 bucks. But that makes sense because of the resin stuff that they make it out of. And it's really strong and it holds the whole thing together. and It looks really great. So I get that. But like each figure suddenly costing like $80 from these fucking scalpers like fuck them. So you need slug or snarl or who was the other one? It's Snarl, Sludge, and Swoop. Sludge and Swoop. All right, noted. Are you, you going to put those stuff. in the show notes? <laughs> are, we, are we starting a fuzzball classified? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> no, maybe I'm, just, maybe I'm just like thinking of gift ideas for a friend. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Those are expensive, dude. Don't do it. Get okay. cheap. Power noted. of the Primes. It's a, good, it's a good series, and it's a really good, um, like, the set looks really good, if that makes any sense. I've been talking to Caitlin about it a lot. Like, should I just like buy the full set? And she's like, yeah. And then I go, no, because I'm not good at buying myself anything. So I haven't bought anything for like forever. What? Yeah. Oh, wait, I take that back. I just bought myself my wedding suit. Ooh, congratulations. Yeah, I, I had to put in all the measurements and everything. I felt really bad about it. And then I started working out really hard. Mm. Nice. Is it was it what you were talking about earlier? Or you told us before? Oh, yeah. Same. They, they contacted me and everything, and they were like, we're so excited to make this for you. And I was like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> How'd you turn into a robot? Uh, because I was excited. And I, too, <laughs> am robot. I am so excited. I am Transformers, the power of primes within me. There you go. All right, so question, 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 question. Um. So since you're into Dinobots, are you into the this new Jurassic Park Transformers crossover that they're doing? Yep. All right. I think it's cool. It's a cool looking toy. Yep. I like it. Yeah. I'm I, into it. I was really into the um uh Nick Lillard, if you're listening, uh big shout out to you. He got the uh the one that I wanted, which was the uh the Ghostbusters Echo uh, One Transformer. Oh my god, that thing is beautiful. Yeah, I think sexy. Yeah, it's so sexy, dude. <laughs> I wanted to get that too, but you know, 
I have to pick and choose my 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 addictions these days. Yeah, exactly. And well, I, I, I feel you. I, I, I don't think I've bought a toy or a, a geeky thing like that in months. Months? It's been years for me. <laughs> so I'm proud of you, buddy. Well, I mean, I, <coughs> I had expendable income during the Panini, the Panic yeah. at the Disco, the Panorama, the Pan Dulce, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Dulce. <laughs> I got. That's also my cartel name. <laughs> I got a, I got a couple of things. I, I ended up getting more like Jurassic Park stuff for buying merch from the podcast store. <laughs> what tpublic.com slash user slash laugh dash shit dash up dash fuzzball. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but more like I think like most of the time I I like buying Star Wars toys and like dinosaur stuff for the boys and watching them play, and like I can play with them. So like they're not toys for me, but it's still fun. Heck yeah, dude. That's I mean, awesome. Yeah, Ty has some really rad dinosaurs. I mean, dinosaurs are just rad in general. I know, but the the Jurassic World toys that they're making are are pretty righteous. Like, dude, they are good. Yeah. So we have we've got like Indominus Rex and T Rex and Stegosaurus and freaking Mosasaurus and Velociraptors and Dilophosaurus, and then we got Shiny some of his own like dinosaur stuff that he won't swallow and. <laughs> Even though the well, the thing is, we don't want him to damage like, the big, nice, like you know, T Rex stuff, because because uh, his idea of playing with a toy is just slamming it against a blunt object really hard, and that's a lot of fun. It, I mean, it is. It is, but like not for his seven-year-old brother. <laughs> it's like Indominus's throat used to light up, and we're like, that it did. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you know, uh, sucks, sucks, sucks. It also is awesome to have a little brother, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, what about you, Danny? What's going on, good and geeky in your world? Oh, geez, uh, geeky twenty four seven. Um, no. So, like, I was gonna tell you, Oscar, and like, so I've been collecting the new uh, the six inch GI Joe line, the classified series that Hasbro been putting out, and and I, I'm digging it. I, I like the kind of reimagining of the uh, original costumes and kind of like the designs. Um. As as the, they've been kind of going on releasing new figures, the articulation and kind of like you can see they're spending more money on it now, and it's it's showing in the in the molds and the articulation and the weapons and stuff because at the beginning it was kind of trash, but the articulation was cool. But now it's getting to the point where I'm like running out of room, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like fuck, I don't know where to go. Like my closet's kind of full, so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to start offloading stuff now. So. I, I don't know, hitting up the fuzzball classifieds. Like, all right, I think I was going to ask you guys earlier, just like, so I have, like, a bunch of, like, Lord of the Ring figures from, like, the fucking early 2000s. Some open, some mitten box. It's a mix. And I was like, fuck, I'm probably going to have to get rid of these because they're just taking up storage. And I forget I have them every once in a while. And I was like, I don't know where I can offload this stuff and get, like, a decent price because I don't think they're going for much on eBay. I was just like, oh, bro, head down to um, uh, Frankenson's. Oh, Frankenson's gonna hustle you, bro. Uh, only some of the people. Yeah, don't know where to go. You're gonna have to show me take, the legitimate ones because yeah, ah. take Justin with you. He knows how to hustle all those people. Yeah, I don't know. I gotta go see what the value is. It's probably not much. I'll probably get like two hundred bucks for the set. Even though I got some mm-hmm. in there. Nice. But no, the but uh, yeah, that's that's it and. 
I know we'll talk about this later in the episode, but I went to the movie theater for the first time this year. Nice. And almost fist, fist fought a dude because <laughs> he wouldn't shut the fuck up. Just so I'm just like, fuck, I really don't want to go to the movie theater. Like, I really don't. Like, really. I'm telling you, that mom and pop place by my house, that's that's where it's at. Well, you failed to send me the link, so I had to get my Spider-Man tickets at an AMC. So. Well, you didn't. I mean, you could remind me. It <laughs> <laughs> eh, was last minute. Forgot. But, yeah, yeah, they're not making it easy to go back to the theaters. And I'm not talking about the movies or the theater companies. Fucking some movie <laughs> etiquette, people. Just just have some fuck. Just be an adult. You're a grown-ass man. Control yourself. It's okay. <laughs> fair. Fair enough. Uh, um, yeah. Well, I mean, I've got a little bit. I've got actually something really cool that you guys will definitely want to talk about. I mean. Uh, and then an adjacent thing. So uh, up to do you want me to just drop it and, and have you guys be jealous? Or should I keep yeah, it to yeah. myself? So last night courtesy of my work i got to see the muppets at disneyland oh that's so fucking cool wait is this a is this a show a movie it, it is a it is a street show they they take the omnibus vehicle from main street and on the right side of the vehicle uh on the lower level are kermit and piggy and on the top level is fozzy gonzo pepe the king prawn and sam the eagle and then during the show, there's also Camilla and her chicken friends. Oh, dude. And, and are these, like, people dressed up as the Muppets, or are these the actual Muppets? No, the, these are the Muppets live. Uh, the, the, the audio and the songs are pre-recorded. It's, uh, they do four shows during that Marius Night Christmas party thing. Um, but uh, the performers are performing the Muppets. And bros, a seminal moment in my life, like, Oh my God! Just everything. Oh, I was so bummed when like the prices came out, and I was like, I cannot afford to take my lovely family to this, but I mm-hmm. might be able to find a way to make the mouse pay for me to see this. <laughs> <laughs> and and I I I pulled. I probably used up all of my favors with my scheduler, but that's okay because boyos. Yes, they're at the very tail end when I was they were getting ready to leave and I was just gonna see them drive off into the sunset. Yes, there was a downtime at my job and I had to be a a, a leader and go back to work, but it was okay because I, I had soaked in enough love and joy and humor and like that entire night, like it didn't matter. Like people are dumb, but it didn't matter because cause the Muppet. Yeah. Like literally on my end of shift report, I wrote stuff that went on at the end. I said Muppets. Kungaloosh, <laughs> that is all. Like, <laughs> like the first thing I said in my ship was Muppets, and the last thing I said was Muppets, and basically, like all these other words, I guess are important to you. But what I want to say is Muppets. <laughs> so, so is this a street show? It, it's on the. You know what the omnibus is, yes? Yeah. So, yeah, it's on the omnibus. So yes, that would be a street show. Yeah. So literally, Blue, you know, Van the Man was driving it. Nice. Um, and like they they drive uh, from Town Hall up Main Street and then they circle the the hub, which is the big circle in front of the castle where the statue of Mickey and Walt. And then they park in front of that statue, the partner statue with the castle in the background. And they do like a 15 minute show. It's crazy, too, because the streets open and then they fill in the street. And so everybody can watch the thing. 
And then mm-hmm. they do a circle of the hub blue and they have to open up the street again. Nightmare. But I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't working, so it's fine. But, uh, and, it, and it was while that madness was happening that I had to go back to the jungle. But, uh, oh my goodness, like Pepe the King Prawn sings Feliz Navidad with chickens. Oh gosh, that's and, awesome. Uh, and Fozzie drops all the bad dad jokes. And Sam the Eagle is just Sam the Eagle. If anything, like, if I was going to critique it, which I have no real critiques, like, more Sam the Eagle would have been great. But that's okay. Whoever wrote the dialogue for the entire thing, it's it's just genius. It was it was so lovely. And, like, I've seen the Muppets on TV, you know, in every movie. But being, like, 15 feet away from that felt you know what I mean? And feeling it. I felt it in my heart. I was just like, if I didn't value my job, I could go hug a Muppet right now. You know, <laughs> like there's nothing stopping me but my desire to keep a paycheck and not get fired from <laughs> hugging a Muppet right now. <laughs> and just like they're alive. They're real. They're tangible. They're there. And it, oh, man, God, like as as expensive as those tickets are. I'm like, God, if you can afford it, go go do it and get some Muppets in your life. Uh, I oh. myself can't. But having seen it, if I'd known what I was going to feel and see, I might have like done some creative financing and figured out you know, how, how poor can we be to go see some Muppets. <laughs> oh, man, guys, it was so – It's uh, they call it it's uh, the Muppets Christmas Caroling Coach or something. And oh. the only, th- only good news I could tell you is – guaranteed there are videos of this on the tube of you because i saw so many cameras out you know what i mean one of those people yeah. has, has posted it so you can see it um and i i think that's worth the the 15 minutes of your time to watch a good video i'm sure one of the one of the disney like you know monetized thingamadoos has a decent video of it up Jews are my guys yeah and man guys it just it was lovely it was it was hey. so so freaking good I'm sure there was other stuff that happened this week because, you know, I always have my finger on the pulse of the geekdom. But, man, just Muppets. I, I can't even I can't even fathom it. Like, I just I'm so jelly. I mean, I was excited, but I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Like, and I was there with my friend, Nachoye, who Blue knows very well. And just we got to share the moment together. That's uh, awesome. Oh, it, was, it was just really lovely. And it, it was great because I, I told the manager, like, hey, I'm using my lunch. I'm going to go see the Muppets. Like. <laughs> don't don't call me <laughs> unless it's a downtime. Don't call me. But uh, yeah, it was lovely. Nice. Good times. And then I did watch the Sesame Street see us coming together special with the boys, the one with uh with uh the new Korean American Muppet. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it's I like thought, I thought it was a Sesame Street character or Sesame Street. Yeah, but I mean Sesame Street. That's not Muppet adjacent. They're Muppets as well. Yes, they are. Yeah. Muppets. So um, we watched that with G Young. And uh, I watched it with the boys, and man, it was just lovely. And it, it reminded me so much of like the 1980s stuff, where like someone's like, someone called me fat, and they're like, oh, I'm real sorry that someone called you fat, but you know, like you can like deal with your friends, and like it was all about like a celebration of of Asian culture, and like I love that they were inclusive. They went from India to you know like what you think of as traditional Asian countries, um, and had all sorts of people, and Jim Lee. Like highlighted freaking Simu Lu highlighted um I can't think of her name but she's a famous uh, Chinese American like chef was on there and then they had like some random families and kids and uh, original songs that were cute and catchy and 
it was just lovely. And like it all like centers on uh, G Young's like all stoked to like perform in this like neighbor neighbor celebration. And then someone yells at her that she should go go back to her go back home. Oh. And she's like, but I'm from Sesame Street. And like there's like the one neighbor, the older man who's Asian, you know, who runs the store. He's yeah. like guiding her through how to like deal with this feeling. Um, and then but Jim Lee. Oh, my God. Freaking Jim Lee. He says, you know, sometimes what makes you different is your superpower. And I was like, oh, Jim Lee. Like, wow, Jim Lee. And Tyler was like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, man, that's cool. Like Tyler, you know what I mean? And, you know, granted, you know, he, he's a white kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, but thankfully, he's got good parents. And, you know, he's going to he's not that's not going to be his superpower for sure. Um, his privilege will not be a superpower. But uh, just talking to him, and I was like, yeah, buddy. I said, but, you know, I'm like, we're we're Caucasian, we're white. I said, but some people that aren't, like, feel feel ostracized, feel different. He's like, well, that's dumb. And I'm like, you're right, buddy. That's dumb. And he's like, yeah. He's like, if you're different, yeah, that's your superpower. He's like, difference makes awesome. And I was like, you're right, buddy. And I was like, oh, I have a little bit of faith for the world. <laughs> at, least, at least my spawn will enter into the world with reasonable viewpoints. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. But yeah, it was it's a cute special. It's on the Hippo Max. It's like 18 minutes. Definitely aimed at kids, but like just seeing Jim Lee, you know. That. Yeah, I saw on his Instagram um pictures of him there uh doing the stuff with the Muppets and he was like, "Dude, have you ever cried manly tears over something you've always wanted to do?" Yeah. I was I was on Sesame Street, guys, and I was like, "Oh, Jim Lee." <laughs> Yeah, and Simulu posted a bunch of stuff. Like it just, it was, it was done really lovely. And I have to say, like, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like they're doing their part to like keep these Muppets like out there for people. Like literally, I had no more disappointment than the night where I was making sure other skippers got to see Muppets because as much as I loved it, I wanted to share that joy with like other people. And one mm-hmm. of the girls was like, I, I don't really care. If I'm being honest, I sort of find them annoying. And I was like. Well, it was it was really nice knowing you, and I walked away. <laughs> and I guess she turned to the other skipper and was like, "Is he joking?" And they were like, "Maybe half joking." <laughs> so, and then I I talked to them later, and I was just like, you know, I'm like, I I get it that you're younger. Your parents are probably not into it. I said, but like Muppets, like is like a singular joy for me. Like, and and for you to say they're annoying, that just breaks my heart because that's. They're silly, they're zany, but they're everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, just just the, uh, yes, they're puppets, but they're not, you know? Yeah. Like, for a grown man like Jim Lee, who has accomplished so much and really has, like, a body of work that, that anybody would be proud of to call their own, but for him to, like, be like, dude, I got to be on Sesame Street, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And you remember uh, Blue when we worked with Khalil, who was one of the child actors once upon a time on Sesame Street? Yep. And how we were like, you were on the street? (laughs) Oh, my God. That was your life? (laughs) Oh, yeah. That dude is awesome. Love Khalil. He is awesome. He's doing some crazy stuff with the Unreal Engine. Oh, yeah. His artwork and and video game uh, environments are just, like, too, too cool. Yeah, yeah. Does he work for anybody yet? Yeah, he's well. He's been part of uh, a couple different studios, and he's trying to get into a new studio now. Okay. I mean, just like I mean, if I worked for one of them and saw just the stuff that he's posted recently on his book of faces, I'd be like, "You're hired." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like his his, really- 
his environments are, I mean, pun intended, I guess, unreal. They're amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, I guess, is that all the geeky stuff in our lives? Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, hey, that's, uh, that's uh, the geeky stuff in our lives. But, you know, since we're talking geeky stuff in our lives and Disney Plus Day happened two weeks ago, I finally caught up on that news um, with a semi-clever title of the last episode. Um, but uh, Disney Plus more. <laughs> it's dumb, but it, it served a purpose. But uh, recently, uh, Shang-Chi became available for anybody with the Disney Plus to watch. And finally, finally, my brothers from other mothers watched Shang-Chi. Finally. God, God, I've been sitting with the joy of this movie for like over 45 days. (laughs) And and I I, I finally can talk about it with my friends. Hell yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is us beginning uh, beginning some spoiler reviews. So uh, check out. I'll actually uh, I'll put a a time hack for everybody. It's at the basically at the thirty minute mark. But uh, we're gonna get into a spoiler review, or at least we're gonna talk about Shang Chi. And uh, if if you talk about specific stuff to be spoilers, it doesn't matter because we've given a warning. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers. There's ten rings. Ah ha ha. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I mean, I've sort of given some uh, non-spoiler thoughts already on the podcast. So, take it away, boys. Who wants to go first? Go for it, Blue. Oh, my God. This movie was so fucking fun. Like, I know you guys had been saying it and letting me know that it was a super fun movie. But, like, I didn't realize just how fucking fun it was. And just, dude, wow. Just blew me away with how awesome it it really was. Like, <laughs> Blew you away. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Blue. <laughs> the choreography was amazing. Uh, I I love the story. Like everything, all uh the changes to um the Mandarin character, uh the changes to Shang Chi's story. It's so much more interesting than his old. Like I don't know if anybody's familiar with Shang Chi uh Shang Chi's um origin of of his father being Fu Manchu. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Which Glad they didn't go fun. that route. <laughs> cool. Yeah. But they don't this, have the rights. They don't have the rights to Fu Manchu. Yeah. Well, this is so much interesting, more interesting anyway. So yes. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was really good. What a uh, blue. If, if you're uh, rating it up against black Panther, cause I know how much that movie meant to you on your first pass. What, what are your oh. thoughts? Oh, same like they're equal in my eyes like both of these movies um they hit different spots but like the spots are still like tender spots for me does that make sense so has this become a top five mcu movie for you easy easily yes nice awesome yeah easily yes yeah that fight choreography oh my god just alone that makes it worth a watch yep i mean are you are you done and pushing the danny or you've got the floor man well, I want I want to push I want to hear what Danny has to say too because I I still have a lot of thoughts but I, I don't want to take up the entire floor so please Danny like share. Um, so I liked it. I I thought it was a great Marvel movie. It hit all the Marvel tones. It had all the Marvel feel. Um, I think the adjustments they made to the character so he kind of fits into the MCU makes sense. And I like what they did and what the story they told. Um, but I just was expecting a little bit more Kung Fu. I didn't want technology and magic. I wanted 
kung fu. Like, I wanted this movie to be what Iron Fist should have been. Either a tournament, some kind of motivation for Chang-Chi <laughs> to, to kind of just go out there and kick ass because, as Blue knows, like, if you know Shang-Chi from the book, like, this dude fucks. Like, this dude yeah. fights. So, like, when I was watching this movie, that's what I wanted to see. And granted, there were some great fight scenes, like, in the bus and in the um, in the uh, fight pit or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And the scene against his aunt. Like, those were great kung fu fight scenes. But I kind of wanted more of it. I wanted it to be more of a kung fu movie. But it was a great MCU movie. Um, I did like the changes, what they did with the Mandarin. And kind of how the Mandarin is more of a mantle than a person, which is cool. I like I like that. Um, I don't like the fact that it was more of his dad's movie than a Shang-Chi movie. I just felt like his dad had the most character development and like the more growth through the entire movie. So he kind of felt like the protagonist compared to Shang-Chi as the titular character. Um, Did that really? Yeah. I, just, I, didn't, I didn't feel that, but okay. Yeah, I just, again, I was just expecting more from Chang-Chi, um, but his kind of um, dynamic with Kate, played by Aquafina, and their chemistry together on screen was, on screen was fucking great. They, they have really good chemistry and really good rhythm between them. It's very natural, their conversations that they were having. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I placed this like good middle MCU movie. Okay. Hmm. Blue? Very. I mean, like, I, I'm I'm more on the the blue side, and I think I probably rank it between so the <laughs> between the between the two of you guys. Um, I also feel like this movie blew me away. I I I've seen it twice. I enjoy. I, well, I've seen it much more than that. I've probably seen it like seven times now because it's available on Disney Plus. Um, and I've enjoyed it every single time I've watched it. It's not Thor Ragnarok for me. Um, oh. but. It, but what is, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, love and thunder, maybe we'll see. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, I, I feel like, yes, I mean, I guess they could have had more Kung Fu, but I, I felt like there was a lot, a lot more. I was afraid that they weren't going to have like the level that they did have, you know, you get the the big fight between his dad and his mom to like start the movie off. And that's like straight out of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which was beautiful, oh, yeah. by the way. Gorgeous. So beautiful. gorgeous. And I, and I love how that fight turns into kind of like a dance slash romance. Like it was so well choreographed. Oh yeah, it was. It really was. Then you get the big bus battle, which is fun with freaking the Ivan Drago of the MCU, which is <laughs> funny because it is the guy that played Ivan Drago's son in, in uh, Creed two. <laughs> um, then you get the, the high rise fight, which is so like, so different. You know what I mean? That, that yeah. really was a unique showpiece. Um, and then, you know, you get a, a little bit of Kung Fu in the flashback stuff. Um, and then what? Then you get a fight, short fight between him and his dad. And then you get the big, you know, fights at the end of it. So I, I, there was lots of that movie fought a lot. It like fought for your attention, but not, yeah. not like you were losing your attention. It just was great. And I mean, I mean, going in, the biggest fear I had was that Aquafina wasn't going to work. And I'm glad to be wrong because uh, yeah. Katie, I really enjoyed that character. I she thought, was uh, great. I thought that was great. I mean, if uh, I mean, I'm not of Asian ancestry. I'm sure there might be some people that would have been more interested in seeing that dynamic of being like an Asian American versus like being really in touch with your culture. 
Um, but I felt like they hit on it enough because it's like an MCU movie. So you can like dive deeper if you want to have a conversation. Um, but yeah, like, and the, there's a story within there too, like of, you know, somebody who's an immigrant, like trying to like forget their past and like totally absorb themselves. Uh, and of course, you know, I love that his American name is Sean, spelt the same way as my Sean. Like, come on. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just, and I, I like the Ten Rings and I actually like where maybe it could lead, like in future MCU stories. <clears throat> like, I, have, I haven't read enough Shang-Chi comics to know if there's any parallels there. Blue could tell us more, but I, I, uh, I appreciate it. And even like of all the movies that we've gotten up to this point, it's the one that surprisingly could lead the most into the Fantastic Four Galactus world of all of them. So, yeah, like, take it away, Blue. Go. Okay, so with the um, with the Ten Rings and the fact that they actually, like, kind of hinted towards, like, oh, what their origin was, at first they kind of, like, I was like, are they really going to go, like, the magic route? Like, what are we doing here? Um, we already know that, like, parallel universes exist because of the Loki and because of, uh, like, hidden places, like, with uh, Doctor Strange. So um, I was totally down for everything that they were showing with the other, uh, like, that mystery world where Shang's uh, mother came from, right? But I was really worried, like, and wondering what direction they were going to take the Ten Rings themselves. If you actually watch the end of the movie, the, you know, oh, the the spoilers, uh, spoilers for it, uh, that end scene credit scene where the I, I think it was nick fury is like hey this thing is sending out or not nick fury it was carol danvers it's wong, wong, and wong and and carol danvers and bruce and bruce banner bruce banner that was the other person that was inside the room i mean but i can they're saying, get hey. nick fury and, and, and bruce banner mixed up easily yeah but they're saying that uh oh this thing is sending out like a signal and stuff like we don't know what's going on and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, no. So the Ten Rings in comic book history belong to a dragon named Fing Fang Foom. It was the, okay. it was like the core of his ship, the engine, like the um, not the not so much the engine, but like the like the dilithium crystals of his ship, if that makes any sense to you other nerds out there. Uh, yes. Star Trek yeah. reference. <laughs> yeah. So. uh yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is. And I'm really hoping that like coming to Earth, Fing Fang Foom and his dragon kind, that would be so freaking rad. Bro, I didn't <laughs> even think about it like that. Yeah. Oh wow, that that could be wild. Yeah, it could be really wild. And if it does, it'd be so fun. Yeah. And Sean Sean's like, I'm dragon people. And Fing Fang Foom's <laughs> like, fire. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah i mean it's there's just so much it, it got into that that cosmic space stuff and i i appreciated it so incredibly much and i i just like bruce banner being like welcome to the circus like yeah <laughs> and it hangs up yeah that was a, a really great end line and like i'm interested in like you know his with his sister and like what's the what's the future of the ten rings you know the big tag is the ten rings will return and what and who and how and why and uh, definitely interested for it. Like, it could be one of the next Disney Plus shows, you know what I mean? Yeah. Really could. She was awesome. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other fight I didn't mention, like, the the whole arena thing. 
and then abomination and like can we just talk for a moment how like we got the the freaking ever-loving cuteness that is morris like oh the butt with wings. <laughs> yeah, Morris was great. <laughs> I I have a notification on my phone for for Shop Disney to let me know when that Morris plush becomes available again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because I, I, I want one of those in the playroom with the boys like, I, so badly. And I want to take a picture of Shang-Chi in his pajamas with the Morris plush. Uh, and I'll, okay. I'll, tr- I'll try to dress up like uh, like the Mandarin guy. <laughs> like you guys, huh? Like Ben Kingsley? Yeah, yeah. What's uh? I, I'm trying to think of what his real name, what his name is in the movie, but it's not important. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <the> orange. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I I like, and I actually, you know, they they released that short uh, for him, like you know, on Disney Plus that they did, which ties in, like they released it because it ties in directly into to what happens to his character in the movie. And when I watched the short, I was like, there's no way, there's no way that he's going to be in there as like the weird Shakespearean actor. I'm like, they're just reminding you that like he wasn't the Mandarin. So you can be excited for like who the Mandarin is, but no, no, (laughs) they were like, literally like, no, we're telling you he's in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) And when he showed up, I was like, Oh, the fuck. <laughs> and if you get if, listeners, if you do the Disney Plus, go go watch the short that's available um, before or after you watch Shang Chi. It's it's great. It's a, a really really fun uh, really fun little short. I, I'll find the name for it while I pass the floor back to Danny or Blue. <laughs> yeah, I just thought the whole thing was great. Um, I was actually really surprised uh, as you were with Aquafina's performance in this. I really was kind of like, nah, I don't know, but um, she was delightful. It, it, it was a good time. And then I would also like to point out that the the old man that was teaching her how to shoot the bow is from Kung Fu Hustle. And his character, <laughs> Kung Fu Hustle, is so fucking good. When I saw him, I was like, oh, why didn't anybody tell me he was in this movie? That's great. <laughs> yeah and i mean like like Dude. black panther asian casting you know yep yes yes absolutely loved it loved so, it so many talented amazing actors holding their own in a movie uh so so freaking good and and means so much if it means as much as it does to me i can only imagine what it means to other people yeah exactly the the short it's a marvel one shot it's all hail the king and you can watch it on the disney plus and it's it's a fun little short. That's great. It uh it's clever. And there's other one shots that they did, so that one can only hope that they'll release. I think there's two other ones that they did. Um, they were like bonus features on DVD on DVDs, kids. On DVD? little shiny shiny on, circular discs. On the DVD <laughs> question. Answer. Did no, did no one bother to ask why Wong's doing underground prize fights? Rigged? Of course. Underground. <laughs> I was, like, oh, I was like, I get it, like, Juan's an Asian-American actor, and you kind of want his representation, because I guess he was the first big actor, um, but, like, I was just like, why is he why is he rigging fights with A-Bob? And I was like, I don't understand what's going on, like, I don't understand his motivation right now, like, is this going to be explained later, like, or is this uh, just, I mean, like, a cute side a story with Wong? Well, I mean, if I want to be cheeky... He has extracurricular activities, leave him alone. Well, well... Going from the No Way Home trailer, where they show uh, the Sanctum Sanctorum and it's all covered in snow, obviously Stephen Strange is not paying the utility bills. 
So Wong has to find a way to, to keep the heat on in the Sanctum Sanctorum somehow. <laughs> so, wait, so, so you still have to pay property taxes in Manhattan for the Sanctum Sanctorum? Do you know oh, how oh. much homeowners insurance and property taxes are in, in Manhattan? <laughs> I didn't know Manhattan had an HOA. That's ridiculous. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's the entirety of freaking Manhattan. The whole island is just that's what it is. Do you think this is going to turn into a, like a side story about how like superheroes don't get income for to fight crime, so they just have to like resort to like underground price fights to just pay the bills? Heck yeah! Like, I I I do wonder with Abomination because there were rumors that like She Hulk like Abomination could pop up there. So if like there's answers to be had like in the future there, um, you know who knows? Or maybe there'll even be some answers revealed in the No Way Home since Wong is in there. Um, you know, maybe the missing line where, you know, he tells Strange, don't do that spell. And he's like, hey, stop doing them prize fights. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you to judge? Yeah. Um, And Blue, because I yeah. know you probably get this reference more than Joe. But when they were walking down the, the tournament hallway or whatever, and you saw the sumo wrestler, did you think King Cobra? I thought King oh, Cobra. Yeah. 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 Hopefully he there, comes back. There also looked to be like some mutant in one of the fights. I missed that. Yeah. Yeah, there there was there was a couple people with powers. There were. So, and that's only because I've watched it so much. I'm like, hey, I wonder. I don't want to dive too deep, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, nothing ever gets put in that they don't, you know, come back to. That's yeah. one thing. The Marvel. That's it, also. Uh, it's what? Oh, nothing ever gets put into these movies that they don't plan on, like either explaining or or like alluding to later. It's. It's always like a nice little Easter egg to something that they plan on. So it could be something big. Who knows? Yeah. And I mean, for you, Danny, like you really want your tournament. Like there, there's entirely a world where, where Shang-Chi's sister, her version of the Ten Kings includes like the fighting stuff and like where he wants her to stop. And she's like, fine, you need to win this tournament. Yep. Maybe. Maybe, maybe that could be the sequel. We yeah. don't know. Yeah. So there, there's a world where they could tell that story, and that that could be really freaking cool. Yeah, just seeing <laughs> Shang Chi freaking fighting, fighting like a maniac. The real question: What do you, how do you guys feel about him keeping the ten rings? Like, do you want him with the ten rings, or do you want him without? Yeah, I want him with the ten rings. He, he's badass. He was like blasting off and and doing all the stuff. It was it was cool. I thought it was cool. He made a kamehameha out of him. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, I, I really was, like, interested in your thoughts, Blue, because, like, he's not, like, with the Ten Rings, to my understanding, like, in most of his comics, you know what I mean? It's just his, like, badass skill. Well, the Ten so, Rings are also different. That That is also true. Uh, I kind of separated, you know, the MCU from the comic books anyways, just to see, like, what new story they're telling. So I'm totally fine with it. Like, I enjoy it. I think it's, I think it's fun. I think it's cool. Like... You know, a future movie is Fing Fang Foom and his dragon horde, and and Shang Chi needs to find allies to stop it. So he has to seek out somebody else with the heart of a dragon, and that's where we finally get a good Danny Rand into uh, the MCU. I, I thought you were gonna say a good Danny Rant. Like I was like, why would I hate this movie? No, no, no. <laughs> we finally, you know what I mean? He's like, there, there are others imbued with the dragon, and then you freaking you get. You get Danny Rand, or you get the the new Asian Iron Fist who's in the Marvel comics, and they're just like, Danny who? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no reason why Danny Rand can't be Asian. Just saying. Yeah. 
You're right, but like if they if they do the Asian guy and somebody were like, I thought Danny Rand was the Iron Fist, you know, because there's a world where everybody says Vincent D'Onofrio and Daredevil and and Jessica Jones and hopefully like Luke Cage, but uh, where the Asian Iron Fist is like, oh, we don't talk about Danny Rand, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so good. Like yes, that's true, but we don't talk about Danny Rand, and then it's just left. <laughs> uh, a nice little button on it. <laughs> But uh, what else? Do you guys have other Shang-Chi thoughts? I feel, I feel like it's much more abbreviated than I imagined. Um, I, I kind of feel like there was... So when they're in that other like land and the dragon came out, what did you guys think of that particular dragon? I thought it was... Um, Fing Fang Foom? No. No, I knew it wasn't going to be Fing Fang Foom because it didn't have any wings. Because uh, Fing Fang Foom is like a cross between... like an alien, an old man, an Asian dragon, and a European dragon. It's like, it, Fing Fang Foom is really weird looking. But um, Fing Fang Foom is like a dragon that inspires all representations of dragons. Yeah, exactly. So wow. I, when, when I saw it come out, I actually thought it was a little more cartoony than I was expecting, um, but not in a bad way, if that makes any sense. I mean, as... As a man who has a water, a Japanese water dragon tattooed on his leg, I was in love with it because it literally was based on like the Japanese like imagery that that is the Jap like the water dragon that's on my leg. Yeah. So and I like I, 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 a bad way. I I, yeah. I I enjoyed the hell out of it. I just wanted to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so like I I was all about it and like I I was so overjoyed because I thought we were going to see the dragon, but I thought it was going to be one of those two ex machina like things where like, you know, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. We get the dragon, the dragon fixes the problem and then it's over. You know what I mean? Like cuz that's like classic bad storytelling. But instead, like we got the dragon for like 30 minutes or what felt like 30 minutes, you know? Uh. Yeah. So I I really enjoyed it and I like the the color scheme of that like light blue with the red accents. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed like the modeling of the dragon's head because it was so incredibly like loyal to like Chinese representations of dragons. Um, yes. I mean I, to be honest, as much as I love the dragon, just seeing the freaking foo dogs in all their glory, like me pumping Hell, my fist. Yeah. yeah. Them foo dogs, them's everything. Um, but. Yeah, like, I I just, you know, when they went to, it was so lovely to see all these mythical creatures of, like, Chinese, like, culture, like, represented in this, like, parallel world. I'm not sure how that world exists, like, in conjunction with, like, you know, the MCU real world, but hot dog if I didn't enjoy the piss out of it. And it's it's really cool because, like, with that world being, like, tangible and a place you can visit... It opens up some really interesting ideas to, like, the spirit plane of Wakanda. Yep. You know what I mean? Because we're establishing these, like, alternate spiritual places that, like, exist. So there's there's a world where you can get the Panther God. You know what I mean? Oh, in the world of Black Panther. And, it like, in the MCU, it can exist now. And there's a way to do it. You know, more than just, like, visiting the ancestors. Like, eating the, eating the special flower. <laughs> so... <laughs> But I don't think they ever established that it was a spiritual world. It was just like a magical world that laid outside the realms of Earth. Like this is oh, more I, adjacent of like an Asgard. Like it could just be a dimension, uh, dimensional portal that leads to another planet more than it is an astral plane. 
I mean, you're right, and it could be like that, but I really hope that it is, like, another plane of existence and that, like, the way that they kind of um, explained Asgard, the way that it was, that it actually comes out to be like, oh, oh, no, they, they really were, like, who they said they were, the Asgardians and stuff like that, but there's more to it than that, and then show, like, how these worlds kind of uh, interconnect. And then on yeah. top of that, have uh, because the the reason why I'm bringing it up is because we are getting Moon Knight. Like it is right. coming, and I am so excited for it because I just want to have that moment in the comic books where where Thor is like everybody thinks that he's crazy, and then Thor comes along and is like, "What are you talking about?" Like he's talking to his God. I mean, it's right there next to him, and everybody's like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, he's right there." Oh, you mortals right. can't see him. Right. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. And then like literally like Conchu, <laughs> like Conchu and Moon Knight and freaking, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the Panther God without looking it up Bost. on my phone. Huh? Bost? B-A-A-S-T? Okay. Yeah. So like Boston, like in, in that, like whatever, whatever the, the mystical world is from Shang-Chi, like the, the dragon is like a godlike figure of that world. Yeah. So that imbues powers to like, you know, people and like objects. So I don't know. I just it it made me happy because, you know, Marvel with uh, Doctor Strange, like said, OK, we're, we're getting into the magic of of this world, but also like, you know, getting into more like spirituality. Like in as much as I love like the Thor stuff, like there was there's a little bit more magic in the comics when it comes to like Thor and like, you know, Asgard and all that stuff where yeah. like in the MCU. They, they really were like, oh, well, it's just like the science you don't understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, and I'm, I'm happy that, you know, they didn't dive deep into like, oh, we have to make our magic science. They're like, oh, no, no, no. There's, there's also magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a, I don't, I just, I, I loved it. Like just that entire world, like the, the stuff that goes down there is freaking great and the soul sucker and and whatnot like i get people are mad aquafina makes that shot like that fucking happens in so many goddamn movies like are you mad because it's a lady that did it are you mad that it's an asian lady that did it are you mad that it's aquafina that did it like you know what i mean that sort of thing happens all the time yeah uh, it's not and, like a special thing i mean that's that's par for course in an action and it is not unheard of for somebody to pick something up and be unnaturally good at it you know, that sort of thing happens all the time. So you just have to you have to bend your disbelief and be like, OK, like she had a proclivity for archers. And you get like if you want to, like, give yourself a whole headcanon, like literally like she's Chinese American. So maybe her ancestors from like Wu Dynasty China were like badass archers. And that just is in her DNA. You know what I mean? And That's it just, true. Like, <laughs> it, it disappears as like, you know, there's migration and like emigration. But Maybe she's descended from this badass freaking archer from, you know, I'm going to go all the way back to the Wu dynasty. And, uh, yeah, like, you know, it's it's okay. Like, you know, like, if you're really mad about it, why are you mad about it? Like, if you're just mad about it because you hate that trope, okay, I guess, I guess I'll give you a pass. But at least think about it. Yeah. I just think it's funny that uh, people are okay with the dragon, but not okay with her making the shot. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It, yeah, and that, that's why I wonder why people are really mad about it. Yeah. Which is fair. Absolutely fair. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to get mad at it. And plus, like, what if, I, I mean, I didn't she say 
like I just made the luckiest shot like in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. like I was just like, whatever, dude, I just got to do it. And I mean, like if you're OK with like dragon scales, like creating armor and dragon scales, like arrow tips, like is it possible that some of that magic of the dragon was imbued into the bows to make people more accurate? Like, is that too much to ask? <laughs> yes, like, you're asking too much. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I am. Like, <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, yeah, like, yes. Oh wow, would that be the first time there was a bow that was magically accurate? No, friends. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I just overall like just God, I freaking love the movie, and I'm so happy that it exists. And I think it had it had a lot of reasons why it could have not been good, and I'm glad that that didn't happen. Absolutely. And the karaoke scenes, priceless. Loved it. Indeed. And little Nas X survived the snap. <laughs> that, was a, that was a fun little article when they're saying if, if that song made it there, that means he wasn't snapped. Yep. <laughs> and little Nas X came out and was like, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm canon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah oh, that's uh, just so... So much goodness, and uh, I think there there's like a world ripe for more representational storytelling in there. And I love that Simulu is a champion of it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And uh, regard if if Bob Chapik's like comments about it being an interesting experiment were were told from a negative standpoint, we don't know. Uh, definitely Simulu came after him for his okay. comments, but. Uh, Man, it uh, it was great. And I mean, my only lament is because of like the world that we live in. I don't think it made as much money as it should have. Same. And it really should have made like so much more. But it it's still I don't I think in the world that we live in, it is by no means a failure. Also true. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it very much. I'll give you guys like final thoughts. Oh, dude, like this. It, it was such a fun movie. If this is really the direction that that uh, the MCU is going, I'm all for it. Like we need more of this. Like this is exactly the the kind of fun, um, interesting culture diving, um, like experience that I want to see. Like there's so much in the MCU, uh, like from the comics that you can pull from. So many different cultures of people and and heroes and stuff that just make it so diverse and amazing. And I, if they can go this deep with this character, uh, I, I'm down. I, I can't wait to see what they do next. Very, very nice. Danny? Um, I liked this movie. I kind of liked the representation of what they did with Shang-Chi. Um, but overall, I just feel like Marvel knows their pace at this moment. And so they're just kind of trotting along the marathon. They told a good quarter mile story but i think it's building up to something bigger and i can't wait to see what it is awesome yeah i i love it and i i it's not like i said it's not ragnarok but while i edit this podcast tonight since i am off work tomorrow since i'm a little under the weather uh i will i will probably put the movie on and have it in the background while i edit and it will be perfectly okay and i'll be happy about it nice Hell yeah. All right. Well, while we're talking spoilers for movies, we're going to transition over to, although it's the movie's really recent, I just I want to get thoughts down. Me and Danny are going to talk all about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, no, for, no, 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 no. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I'm no, going away. 
no, 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 you're not leaving yet, Blue, because we still have to do the last little portion. Um, oh. But, but yeah, uh, insert clip of Danny and Blue, or Danny and Joe. I made, I made Joe into Blue this time. Ah, uh, <laughs> everybody's Blue. I blew your yeah. mind. <laughs> but uh, insert, insert me and Danny talking about Ghostbusters. Da, 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 da. This is where we put in Ghostbusters. Blue actually left, and Danny and Blue and Blue left, but Joe's still here talking about Ghostbusters. Right now. Hey, hey, we're gonna talk about some afterlife Ghostbusters. Dun, 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 dun. Blue is gone because he didn't want no spoilers. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no podcast. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no spoilers. So, dude, I am really excited to like have this talk with you because I think this is the very first time me and you have talked about a movie where we actually haven't talked about it beforehand. Like, uh, yeah, same like on, on Mike, at least like this is, this is the truest like conversation between me and you about a movie that I think has ever been recorded on laugh at a fuzzball. Is it? Cause I mean, we've done a lot of like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, we, we've had a couple reviews where we didn't like talk in depth, but we've always like passed like a note or two between us. You know what I mean? Okay. We didn't go into details. Like literally, I talked about it and dropped a couple of things. And you're like, dude, we can talk about this. And you did like, you know what I mean? You dropped like one thing about like some stay puffed, and that's it. So I'm like so eager and excited to like talk about it because like it's just all new. Yeah. A whole new world. <laughs> well, it's because like my opinion of this movie is so complex. Like it's not it's not straightforward. And I was like, I don't have time to text this because I've been super busy lately. I was like, so just sit there and text you a story of, like, my issues are with it or the things that I liked. I was like, I don't have fucking time for this in my life. That's like, fair. So, so that's why I'm just like, bro, well, I know we're going to chat. I'll just tell you about it because it'll just be, I don't know. I feel like my opinion's fair. Uh, but, so it's like, it's just, again, it's just my opinion. I mean, honestly, I told Heather, like, we went to go see it together. We both enjoyed it very much. We we had, like, some nice conversations about it. But I was like, because of how much you love the Ghostbusters, I was like, the only opinion I care about hearing is Danny's. Like, <laughs> oh, bro. Like, there's, there's so many people that have opinions. And I'm like, cool, I'm glad. Like, resoundingly, I feel like most of the people I know have enjoyed it. But of the opinions I cared about, like, the critic – that I wanted to hear thoughts like the most, especially because at least I know like your percentage, like love versus not love um, was you because this is like, as much as you like star Wars, as much as you like Marvel, as much as you like other things like ghostbusters is your thing. Yeah. This is, this is one. If I was to rank the things that I'm into ghostbusters is number two, right behind GI Joe. So it's like, this is, I mean, I love all the ghostbuster stuff except for the female movie. But that has okay. nothing to do with the females. It, it's just it was not written well. It just it was it, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, like I love the cartoons. I love the second movie. I love the first movie. The first movie is in like my top of all time movies. Like it's up there. Like right. it's a contender for the title. You know, so like I love it. So do you want to talk about it first, and then we'll go into like how I feel, or do you mm. want to go back and forth? I want to start with you. All right, so. Like, 
I'm a mixed bag of emotions with this. And movie. and before we go, like we said it before, but spoilers. Like there's yeah. there's time hacks up on the on the thing. Like like jump a, jump ahead. Like I don't. I I just put a generic time hack at like 104. But like there's gonna be spoilers. So if you don't, there will be a time hack when we get to the book of Boba Fett speculation. There will be. Yeah, and I wouldn't be offended if you don't because this movie has been out for a week. All right. I agree. Yeah, but I mean it's it's just good timing. Yeah. Yeah. If we don't do it now, we probably won't get to it. <laughs> it's true. No, it's true. It's There's going to be lots of other stuff that pops up. There'll be a Hawkeye, you know, recap and a Book of Boba Fett recap and like whatever else madness we come up with. So yeah, this is the time. Yeah, a lot of geek stuff. Yeah. Um. All right. So, like, I absolutely adore, loved, absolutely loved, 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 loved 70 to 80% of this movie. Okay. okay. It was fucking wonderful. It was a fucking blast. Like, I love the story. I love how they told it. Everything. The cast. Everything about it. I absolutely fucking hated Borderline Lowe's about 20-25% of the movie. And I don't I guess I should start with what I hated. Uh, uh, I mean, either way, you could you could blow the stuff you loved and then say it didn't take away from it and talk about the stuff you hated or however you want to do it. <laughs> I, I like that. Because honestly, like, the bad stuff did not take away from the good stuff so okay i think that's important to note for people that are curious about like going into the movie yeah and and i think i think the last time we talked about a review it's just like just because i hated parts of it doesn't take away the goodness of the movie right like i just had issues with this particular part of the storytelling but the stuff that they did was amazing and i wish they would continue with what they're doing all right so like ghost core that really interested me like right at the beginning of the movie how it said ghost core mm-hmm. and i know i read something about that but like that really speaks to a universe of something yeah 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 no that's fantastic and it, and it gives you a little bit like as a fan right like you see that and you're like oh there's going to be more to come like this is just hopefully the beginning right hopefully right. you know uh reitman is the next kevin feige for the ghostbuster franchise we'll nice. see. we'll see all right, so this movie itself, and if you look at it in the pretense of, like, this is a son picking up the work of his father to tell a story, right? He freaking made his dad, who's been past his past years now, <clears throat> somehow took a story, made his dad the star of this movie, even though he's dead. This is a love letter to his father, and it is fucking beautiful it is fucking emotional it's like contact at fucking level like it's great like his dad's not in this movie but his dad is all over the movie like egon is the star of this movie even not being in it right so when they get to the farmhouse and they're having the interactions like just the simple camera work and editing and the you know manipulation of a ghost being present without actually showing a ghost was fucking brilliant because you're just like, oh, Egon is such an influential character to this story, even though he's passed years ago. Like this is fucking awesome. Um, I love that you know the relationship between Egon's daughter, you know, and how they're estranged because he just took his work more seriously than his family. I guess it's a sacrifice of duty, right? It's something you see in the military forces and anybody who who sees the bigger picture. You know, they they sacrifice everything to to save the world essentially and so he leaves his family he leaves his daughter and goes on this mission 
to try to protect everybody. Um, I, you know, Wolf Hart stars as is, is in I don't know who the the other girl's name, but like Phoebe and I forget Wolf Hart because like Phoebe's the star, like the main star, like Egon's granddaughter is essentially a small version of him, and she's picking up the mantle, which is beautiful. It's great. I love kind of the awkwardness of being just kind of like a weird, not social uh, scientist kid who just doesn't fit in with normal in the norms and having to fit right. in the school. You know, like I, I love that story. I love the coming of age story of kind of just, you know, accepting who you are and just being yourself. Um, I'm sure you appreciated the jad, the dad jokes throughout the fucking movie. Of course um, I did. Yeah. I, I laughed my ass off. Like it was great. Um, <laughs> The, it's the, so funny. Like, the movie's so funny. No, it's great. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, I think they did a good job of, you know, keeping it a horror film with comedy elements, because that's what the true Ghostbuster movie is, right? It's, it's, right. it's, a, it's a legit horror film, but it has comedy elements. And I think right. they did a pretty good job of that balance. There's only um, one moment that I actually felt was, like, scary. Like, scary, scary, mm-hmm. which... But uh, but then there was like one cool jump scare, mm-hmm. uh, but like that's but that's perfectly appropriate with the tone of like the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just just enough that I would still take a younger person to go see it and be okay with like okay we're not going to cause like untold trauma with watching this movie. Yes, yes. Yeah, like I want I want Ty to see this movie. I think he's going to love it. I mean, especially since he's, it's his age demographic. Right. Like. I mean, I saw grow, Ghostbusters. There's four grown ass men fighting ghosts, and I fell in love with it. I mean, I can't imagine if it was a Goonie version of Ghostbusters. Um, right. Uh, so I, I liked it. I, I kind of liked how everybody fit at the right time in Oklahoma, um, with Paul Rudd's character being kind of like the nonchalant substitute teacher who doesn't give a fuck because he's just there to investigate these earthquakes. Right. You know, he just took his job up to pay the bills. And he's not even good at it, but in you know, in the meantime, he's really trying to solve this mystery of what's going on. Um, I like how the family gets abandoned—not abandoned, but like they get stuck in Oklahoma, and they kind of have to just grow up and deal with it. Um, just the coming-of-age story, I liked it for not just the Phoebe, but her older brother, who's just kind of dealing with hormones and high school and girls and and being in, you know, popular, just right. like regular cliche boy stuff you do at that age. Um, but yeah, but it was great. Like it was fine. Um, that I, final thirty minutes was just oh my god, oh, bro! I fucking cried. I fucking like so that ending where they all team up to stop. I guess I, I guess here comes the spoilers. The god damn it! I can't believe I'm saying this. They had to stop Gozer. The, uh, 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 but they all come together, and then you get the spirit of Egon there, like, with his granddaughter literally passing the torch to help save the world with no credit. Right. It's, like, the first one. So, like, it was beautiful. Like, just that moment, interaction between, like, granddo- grandfather and granddaughter was just, like, oh, it was wonderful. It was, it was, it was beautiful. It was, yeah. And it, and it ends that way, you know? It ends with the goodbye. And, like, like I said in the beginning, like, this was just – the love letter to his father's, I guess, his most famous work. And so he was able to give everybody that goodbye. Well, and the ability of getting Harold Ramis into the movie, 100%, like he is in the movie, but doing it perfectly is just a master class. No, like, 
I, that, that's exactly how you take a dead actor and get them back into a movie. And nobody, it, they did it. It's perfect. Nobody's ever going to be able to do it again. This is the Citizen Kane of doing that. No, absolutely. And it's just like, and I love how he did it because he did it. It wasn't just like self-fulfilling goodbye. Like, he's like I'm doing this so I can get closure. Like, right. he did it so Ghostbuster fans can get their closure. You know, like, it was a goodbye to all of us. At least that's how I felt. So it just it was just right. so emotional, just so up there. It was beautiful. Like, you, you said, take tissues, and I was like, I'm a cold bastard. I only die for, like, dead dads and dead friends. And you were like, ooh, cold, cold-hearted. Yeah, I was uh, like, muy macho. But, I, I mean, I like, I did not cry in the theater, but I recognized the atmosphere with the dust where I was like, yeah, this is definitely where people would cry. Like, I feel that. And I guess in my own way, I was crying inside. I'm just not a big crier. Heather Heather shed some tears, though. I saw a couple lines down the cheeks because she's yeah. a much much more in touch with her feeling soul. Uh, but, yeah, I felt it. I was just like, oh, man. Like, and they, they did such a great job with the, you know, him leaving to go do what he does and what, what he leaves behind and, like, the way people feel about it. it. It was done well. Like, the heart of the family story is perfection to me. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. And, and, and like, and it's, and everyone gets closure. Like, all the characters, not just, like, the fans now, but, like, the, the characters on the screen, they all get closure in their own way and resolve for them to move on and grow as characters. And it was done so simply. Like, his daughter comes to terms of what he did and understands why he did it. And she's able to, like, know her father loved her and be able to move on with that. Um, so, yeah, no, I just, I thought it was great. Um, I, and this is, again, this is why I hate trailers. This is unnecessary. Because that Stay Pup, when they introduced the mini Stay Pup, when that bag is popping, it was such a well-done callback to the scene in Dana Barrett's apartment when the eggs start flash, flying out of the carton and start cooking on the counters. Like, you see that bag bubbling. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, if I didn't know what was about to happen, I would be so into this fucking moment right now. But it was stolen from me for fucking trailers to sell fucking tickets, and they'll fucking piss me off. But it was just like, when that bag pops and starts bumping, I was like, that's fucking a gorgeous callback to the first movie in her apartment. In and fairness, the- you didn't watch the trailer. It was somebody spoiled, like, what was in the trailer, right? Well, they were all over the... It was in, it's in their marketing. Like, it's everywhere. Yeah. No, but, I agree. So I agree. Like, yeah. Like, so it, was just, it was just like, that, that homage to the first movie, which was done so fucking genius and perfect, to make it an homage and not like a nostalgic callback, like just for nostalgia's sake, but it was just like, this is kind of like what happens in this world. Right. Um, was done so well, but it was robbed by marketing, 100% robbed by marketing. Cause it was just like, fuck, that would have been a brilliant moment. Um, I know I didn't really care for the mini state puffs. Um, I know you didn't really care for the mini state puffs. Um, I mean, I did, I didn't need it, but I'm okay with it, especially because thanks. it does like tie in the like, you know, a little bit of something that's going on with, like, the climactic finale. So I'm like, yeah. okay, like, at least you used them again, you yeah. know? Yeah, <laughs> and no, then you get, and, like, getting that great moment with podcasts coming out of Ecto-1, covered head to toe, which is, like, nice homage to the end of Ghostbusters. I was yeah. like, okay, I forgive you, <laughs> like, you know? 
you and and it's funny because like you mentioned, oh, it's good. And it's funny you mentioned podcasts because it's just like his character is so weird, it's believable. Because it's just like, why oh, would yeah. this, like why would this kid this age know this stuff? But then I was just like, I was that kid at that age who knew that stuff. So <laughs> just right. like, okay, this passes yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, I think the the story was told well, and like I was pointing out to Heather like some little things about like you know things they said in the story that actually like play out and make sense. And she was like, oh, I didn't pick that up, but now that you say it, like yeah, that was like. Smart, like that all makes sense. Like somebody actually like story diagrammed. It was like this to this to this. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't like, you know, there's like one moment where I was like, okay, like I'm just going to forgive that. You know, like when all the kids like leave work to go up to the mountain. Yeah. Like, no fucking boss is going to be like, yeah, just jump in your El Camino and go up to the mountain. Like <laughs> fuck me in my burger stand. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I had that thought, but I was like, it's okay because literally the tone and the way it was shot, I was like, this is a 1980s movie. This is yeah. not a 2021 movie. Yeah. This is a 1980s movie. So I have to judge this against like the 1984 Ghostbusters, the 1989 Ghostbusters 2. Like this would have come out, you know what I mean? Like 1994. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, if, I, if I'm keeping it in the world of those Ghostbusters movies, then all this is fine, you know? Yeah, there, there's going to be like, yes, like I would have liked to see like, where the fuck is everybody? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you it's not burgers to sell. What the fuck? So it's not necessary. But that was like the one moment where I was like, they didn't think that out, but it's fine. Yeah. All right. So what else is there other stuff that you really, really love before you get to like the 20 or 25 percent that you hate, which now I know one of the things which I'm surprised by. Well, the trailer part. The, no, no, no. Just we're, you're talking about the stuff you love before you talk oh, about okay, the stuff right, you hate. We'll come real circle back to that. Um, I love Paul Rudd. Um, I love the fact that he wasn't, he was more of a side character and kind of how he used them. And right. kind of his, you know, goofy, he brought his own level of goofiness, but it, it wasn't, it didn't overpower them. He, he, he brought it in the sense that it complimented. Um, especially when they're expand, experimenting with the ghost trap. <laughs> like, right. how to get it to work and things like that, like. Oh, that windshield joke. Oh, my God. And it paid off. Again, it like, did. you're talking about strings. Like, it really, they really utilized that windshield joke. And, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. It was oh, so fucking good when he jumps in. Oh, man. <laughs> it was I was so like, slick. Oh, I was like, that is, that is done so well. And, like, Roman, you're going to be proud of me. The fact that Paul Rudd you didn't realize he was going to turn into the Rick Moranis character. But then when it happens, you're so okay with it that they need like, and like the whole time you see the mom played by Carrie Coon, you don't realize that she is the freaking Sigourney Weaver character. But when it happens, you're like, Oh fuck. Good form. Like, yeah, it's just, it's such a different story with the Oklahoma and the mystery. You're Mm -hmm. like, but okay. Here's my beats. And like once Paul Rudd like gets into the freaking Rick Moranis of it, he like is fully entrenched in there with his mannerisms and even with like the end when everything's fine and you're like, hell yeah. And they even did the silly hair, you know what I mean? When he came out of the the freaking dog. Like I was just like, oh geez, way to way to go, Ivan Reitman's son. Like, oh so I'm so pleased with you. What's uh, his What's his name? It's not. What's Ivan no, Reitman's son's Reitman. name? It's not Reitman. It's uh. I hate myself. We're talking shit about it, and I can't even remember. Ivan Reitman. His. Uh, do, 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 do. Who's the director? Fuck. 
Oh, I'm telling you right now. Uh, Jason Raymond. Yeah, Jason Raymond. And that that entire narrative of like when I Heather didn't know it, I said it was directed by Ivan Reitman's son, like the original director of Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "That's lovely." And I'm like, "It really is." It was. It was. Um. All right. Ah. Breathe. Okay. One. <laughs> I hated how they took it. And Marvel's kind of starting to do this too, and I'm and I don't like it. Is that they're assuming the world, the characters in the world knows what's going on because the audience knows what's going on. But it's just lazy because they're doing things on screen that wouldn't make sense because no one understands what's going on. So they're doing this world building. We know about ghosts. We know about proton accelerators. We know about class three floating forms or whatever the fuck. They don't. You know, it's been about 25 years since they've been a fucking Slimer. Like, Anybody's seen this line. Like, anybody's seen this ghost. So the fact that they have that knowledge is weird. Like, the only people that knew that knowledge would be, like, Ray Stans and, and Egon Spangler. Well, who are the people that you're thinking have this knowledge? The podcast and Paul Rudd's character. Well, so podcasts would know about this because they make mention several different times to, like, the ghost invasion of New York City. Yeah. So that that's how podcast knows about it. Yeah, but um, it, just, it just seems weird because they're building on this world where a lot of these people wouldn't know this knowledge. So it was just weird for me. It was just like, eh, you kind of have to build it. My second I guess thing they're just making you believe that it was such a big event that in the news and everything, like, people are aware of it. I guess. So I'm okay with it. But I feel you, I guess. It just it just didn't, I feel like they needed to do more work to make it believable for these characters, right? Okay. Um. Yeah, all right. The second thing is, I felt it was too big at some points. And the one thing I really, really loved about the original, it was so believable because they did a good job of making it seem real. Now, maybe that was done because of the limitations of technology at that time, and you couldn't have crazy car speed chases and shit like that and big explosions and whatnot. But, like, the first one seemed like it was real. Like, it could it could happen. This one seemed a little too big for me. and It, was just, it just didn't seem plausible, and I didn't really like how big it was. A lot of the car chases... The weird ghost trap that was remote control, but always at the right place at the right time, turning at the right place at the right time. It was just like, oh, that's weird. Like, that fucking didn't make sense. That was kind of annoying. Uh, I, I forgave that for Egon Spengler, like, technology changes, but he still has a mission, so he's incorporated, like, some newer stuff into, yeah, like, his plans. Yeah, like, it was a remote control trap, but yet the trap was always moving at the right place at the right time. Like, it was just weird. It was just too perfect. It didn't make sense. It was just, it was just not well done. Like, okay. All right. it just, I just didn't, it just didn't sit well. Like it was just, it was done big to be big. And I didn't like that. Like it should have been toned down to a little bit more realism to make it more of a threat. Right. Okay. Cause as soon as you make it big, it's no longer believable in the realm of our world. So then I was like, Oh, this is what happened. Cause it's just so big, the monsters. Blah. And it was just like, they should tone it down. So that way there's that little bit of the horror factor factor that it, it could happen to you and i love that about the first film so i wish they did a better job of that but okay. it, it just seemed big that's two points it's like a lot of things just seem big 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 <laughs> okay i felt i felt like much smaller but that's okay yeah there is some nostalgia for nostalgia's sake that i fucking hated that was not necessary like, I was like oh you're just you're just doing this now to jack jack off my nostalgia dick like really like i get it i seen the first fucking movie you're making this movie for me, and I've seen the first one. I don't need you to do this again. 
I, I don't need Egon on a recliner because now I know exactly what the fuck's going to happen. And yet, it happened. All right, all right, I'll go fuck myself. What am I, <laughs> I, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't get how that's nostalgia. It's nostalgia. It's just a straight callback from the first movie. Like, I was expecting a little bit more originality from this movie. And I just, there was a lot of. I guess I'm not thinking of the recliner scene from the original Ghostbusters. I didn't catch it. All right, because it was. All right, so when Egon first catches the demon dog and, he, and he's not going to be able to trap Gozer like he tends to plan. So he kind of sitting in the recliner and he dies, right? Yes, and, I know. I know that. I know what you're talking about from Afterlife. I don't yeah, know where, but, but where the nostalgia callback is. Okay. So that's a callback to when Dana Barrett first gets captured by the dog. And she's in her apartment. She's talking to her mom. She hangs up. She's about to go on her date with Peter Venkman. She's getting ready. She sits down in her chair and the hands. Oh, same okay. Up. Yeah, no, no. Okay, now I got it. Yeah. I just didn't pick it up. I'm not like I I love Ghostbusters, but I'm not as detail oriented with Ghostbusters as you would be. So okay, I got yeah. that. So that was my. It started off that way, and I was just like, okay, I guess I'll go fuck myself. So that I, that's uh, in fairness, that would be one of those nostalgia beats where for someone of your fandom level could come that way. Where my fandom level, I just loved it. <laughs> okay, I guess, but like for me, I was just like, oh, that's just lazy. Like. I was just like, I get you want to make some callbacks, and there are some great callbacks in this movie uh, with the Twinkies and Egon's uh, collection of fungus spores and molds, like deep right. cuts like that. Like I, I loved it. It got, but like straight stuff like that was like a recreation of a scene. I was like, bro, like really, like the seizing of mind. Like really, we're going to go back to Gozer. Like there's not another fucking threat. Like there isn't any other demigods that you decide you couldn't dig up in a fucking encyclopedia to make a threat like you have to literally recreate the first fucking movie like oh my god and it and, and maybe it was more much more annoying because the asshole next to me wouldn't shut the fuck up but when they go down to the cave and in the mine or whatever and they see the statue of gozer the gargarian and and, and like i was like really like uh, i was like oh my god so late and then the asshole next to me is like oh it's gozer oh like doing the exact reaction that i fucking can't stand which is the exact reaction that they were shooting for. It was like, oh my God, like, oh, fuck me. Like, you couldn't really come up with anything. Like, I'm literally watching the same shit over again. The terror dog, I was like, oh. Even though they did a great Walmart chase with the fucking jumping through the window, like, it was like, it's the same shit. It's the same shit. See, like, I, I, liked, I liked the gozer of it all. I fucking couldn't so. stand it. Because it was just like, it, was, it just, it took away the threat. It took away... The danger of it, right? Because it's just like, oh, fuck this guy again. Like, it's the Darth Ball of it all. Like, really? You're going to bring this fucking guy to fail again? Like, oh, my God. Fuck you. Uh, see, like, I, I think that, to me, the exact opposite of Return of Palpatine. I was like, it's. I loved it. I was like, that's great. It tied so much into that 1984 film, uh, but added, like, new threats where I was just like, I, I love it. I even love that they found, like, an actress that looked like the original actress. like Olivia Wilde. Uh, I don't know the name of the person, but yeah. Olivia like, Wilde. You don't know Olivia Wilde? She's like a famous actress, director. Uh, oh, sure. I'm sure she's great. <laughs> uh, but like, like I liked it. I was like, I even went back to find like screen grabs of like the original Gozer, and I was like, good job, like right on. And I, I mean, like I'll say, like so, one of the things I was prepared to hate the whole like Evo Shandor of it all. <laughs> so I, I liked the tie-in to like the name from like the the high rise. I was like, cool. And, like, the selenium and all that, I was like, sweet, I'm digging this. Then the mine, 
I was like, right on. And I'm like, okay, he built a temple. But then all of a sudden, he's all freaking like Walt Disney cryogenically like frozen. And I was like, oh, no, I have worries about this, you know, and like the the portal. And I like the Egon's like set up the, the you know, the proton blasters, like keep it from happening. That's the earthquakes. Like I'm like, okay. But when the head moves, I'm like, oh, no, fuck. Oh, no, God. I'm Oh, wow. This might be too much. This might be my Palpatine. Uh and then, like, all of a sudden, it's J.K. Simmons, like, straight, like, chewing the scenery. And I'm like, oh, God, here it is. It's happening. But then they ripped him in half and saved it for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> right when I was like, I might be out, it was like, right as I, I thought it, it was like, and I was like, okay, I'm back. <laughs> so I was like, cool. Like, maybe that was, like, a whole plot line where they had an entire idea and somebody was like, that's just bad. You should rip that shit in half. And then they were like, okay, we will. <laughs> and like, so they brought back, like, Egon was trying to stop Gozer this entire time, right? He set up, like, this intricate clockwork system to keep Gozer from rising or whatever. But when she's here, all she does is, like, chill on her throne and pet her dogs. Like, she's not really a threat. She's not doing anything. That's what she rips. does in the first movie, man. In the first movie, she called in the Destructor, which was fucking... Stay puff to destroy all humanity. Like this one, she just chills on the throne to this little girl distractor somehow. You know, <laughs> I was like, there's no threat. Like, Gozer shows up in the first one, issues a fucking commandment of select your own destroyer. Stay puff comes out and they can't fucking stop him because he's a giant marshmallow or whatever the fuck. Right. But in this one, the afterlife, she's just chilling. Like she's I mean, just like I just I just didn't like being in that stuffy whatever the fuck I was in for the last twenty five years. I I felt I felt the threat just because you know they have the the scene that happens there in the mine, but then when they take it to to Egon's farm with like the trap, I was like, okay, that's smart. Like you know what I mean. But if they left her the fuck alone, she probably just chilling in the mine. Like there was there was no threat of her doing anything. I mean, that my imagination can run wild, so I, I picture threats, you know what I mean? I guess. Like, even the ghosts weren't that threatful. Like, you just had, like, an old miner who wanted some coffee. <laughs> He's that's, that's, double, that's honestly, double. like, one of, when I told you in the message, like, the one thing I probably would have liked, I would have liked to have seen more ghosts. We got a lot more ghosts in New York City, uh, so I needed I needed more ghosts. And maybe that was just one of the cuts they had for time, or maybe the CGI wasn't right, so they were like, ah, let's not do it if it doesn't look right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and, and you're right. You're probably right. And it's fine. We didn't yeah. need, like, a shit ton of ghosts. Like, I didn't need a ghost army like Aragorn. Like, I, you know, maybe maybe a couple spooky ghosts that are fucking shit up and giving you a reason of why we need to stop this. Besides, like, right. some dude who wants some coffee. Or, like, in yeah. the second one, when, like, the Titanic shows up. And they're just yeah. like barking, like oh, oh. Dude, the, the Titanic showing up is the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So like you know maybe something like that. I just think I was like, uh, I just I mean the only one was a real threat was Muncher, and only because he destroys infrastructure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I there was the one line in the movie where they say the word podcast is like, do you know there's more dead people in this town than alive people? So I and I when I heard that I was like oh here we go when the ghosts show up it's gonna be crazy but it wasn't <laughs> no no it wasn't like so. if they even threw in like a scary not like a librarian but like a ver a different like a small town Oklahoma version of the librarian which yeah. is just someone who's just still doing their job because that's all their life entailed was just doing their job and they're right. still doing it even after they're dead but like I don't know it just 
I feel you. Yeah. It, it, you just had a ghost tornado that was relatively harmless. I, it was like, eh, eh. I mean, the only people that killed anything were the terror dogs. I guess maybe because they just distracted Gozer so fast by taking away like either the key master or the gatekeeper. It never was clear which one was which, no. <laughs> which I, I wouldn't have liked. Um, it was the... Yeah. No, it was. It was the gatekeeper. Okay, sure. <laughs> like, like I said, like... You probably caught it, but I didn't. But maybe just because they distracted Gozer so much and and put her into like non corporeal form, that's how that's how it didn't it didn't end up. I mean, yeah. Or maybe maybe she was so sated by ripping Evo Shandor in half, like her bloodlust didn't need to didn't need to come to full fruition. <laughs> it was it was so satisfying that she just could chill for a little bit. Like when you cut construction paper, it was just like, ooh, that felt so good. Yeah. So so maybe. For a second and just enjoy that rip mm. i know mm. <laughs> i like the mckenna grace man like <laughs> in fact like my only like i told you i love the movie i don't really have any critiques there may be more ghosts the stay puffs i'm okay with it but like don't necessarily need it it just seems silly and it's just like to sell merchandise um you know like give me a giant stay puffed or no stay puffed you know like sure, sure we get it we get a sign on the wall that says those marshmallows still exist okay fine <laughs> but uh the, at the end there was like a song because we stayed through the credits because i knew there was going to be end credit scenes and also like we tend to stay towards the credits and me and heather's thing is we we shout out like names we think are interesting sounding to yeah, each other that's always fun uh, although i didn't do it as much because i texted you and i think heather was upset at me <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah like there was a song that mckenna grace actually wrote with somebody else but it was real poppy and about like the dead don't stay dead in a something or other. And I was yeah. just like, oh, I'm glad this song wasn't in the middle of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure the kids, the youths, they really love that song. But I was like, oh, that's not my favorite moment. Um, but yeah, like, I, you know, seeing, I felt like they did the, the original Ghostbusters showing up just right, you know? But that didn't make sense either because they just mean? showed up. Like, did they walk that mile driveway up to the dirt farm? Like, they were just there at like the right, have. at the right time with the right equipment and the right outfits that they haven't worn in 30 fucking years. See that that's that's one of the things I was telling Heather like they literally at least explained it in the film cuz when when Ray is telling him yeah, like he that, he left he with all the his traps. proton pack, his and uniform it, and all the traps. Yeah. And then but then there's like the four jumpsuits like sitting in there. So I was like, "Wait, but when they put on the jumpsuits, the only one that has a name on it is the one that McKenna Grace is wearing, Phoebe. Yeah. And they they show that because podcast wrote podcast onto his jumpsuit. Yes. So they're like, oh, he just has three extras in case the guys join him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. like, And because they show that like Ernie Hudson like freaking kept the firehouse, all that stuff is still there. Although they did say that the firehouse was turned into something at some point. And Which I guess I'll, I I'll wanted to see. I wanted to see the farmhouse turn into a Starbucks. Like I fucking so wanted to see the firehouse as a Starbucks after he mentioned it and just yeah. had to try it out. Like, I, I did like, say oh, that it was turned in. So when he walks in later, I was like, I'm just going to have to forgive that this isn't a Starbucks. But that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would have been hilarious if it was a Starbucks. Like, um, and you have yeah. like some fucking like barista fucking with the containment, the containment trap. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I, I like the little light showing that the containment trap's still active. I was like, ooh, yeah. Titanic's coming back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, buddy. Yeah, um, so. And was, who's the actress? McKenna Grace? Yeah. She's such a good fucking actress. 
She's so fucking amazing. I loved her in Handmaid's Tale. I thought she fucking was so good in this. It was unrecognizable, completely different. Like, she has range. She does. Yeah, she has great she's, range. She's very talented. She looks very much like the actress that plays Sabrina. Okay. All right. Like a nerdy one. Yeah. She's yeah. also been in Young Sheldon as Sheldon's sister. Uh, she was in I, Tanya, I think, as a young Tanya Harding. Oh, she was good in that. Oh, that was good. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah, she's she's a talented actress. Yeah, she's she's a talented actress. And, I'll uh, be interested in seeing like future stuff that that they do. I mean the well, the end credits scene to me was kind of confusing because now I don't know understand what they're doing because you had the movie right and it, and it was kind of the passing of the torch to the kids and you know Phoebe and such and then it ends and it's Ernie Hudson talking to making it seem like he's going to take Ghostbusters corporate. Right. But that doesn't really work because, I mean, granted, you can probably, like, you know, Bill Gates it and whatever all these other tech companies do and just take credit for the technology and just have other smarter people do it for you. But, like, Egon was the guy that created all this technology. Like, he figured this shit out. Like, he figured out how to reverse the polarity and all this other stuff. So who's going to build your technology? Because otherwise you're just rocking... 25 year old tech i mean i think that's where like phoebe works because she's like a chip off the old block from her and grandfather she, and she knows how and she understands <laughs> the technology she might not know how to put it together but she understands it which is important. and you can even still have like even though egon like goes off into the great afterlife like if you if you need to like you can have like egon helping her build stuff you know what i mean which would be perfect it would be a perfect yeah. way to keep him cast and they just use the light, like the the lights moving and stuff. Like it's like right there. The Pixar lamp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, so so that's kind of where I was just like that's it, it jumped right. It jumped. It went from a family business, and now we're it. You got you got McDonald's. <laughs> it was like you you went to these two brothers who own this company, and now it's corporate. You know, have this guy come out of nowhere, buy you out, and now like he's putting them all over, international. I mean, so. like. Buy some gold corp. I, I could see. So he's rebought the firehouse. It's no longer a Starbucks. He's fixing up Ecto One. Maybe he's not going corporate, but they showed that the containment unit is still active. Yeah. So if he turns it into like a Ghostbusters museum, you know what I mean? Because he wants to like you know have a place where people can go and visit and find out about all the stuff they did. And something happens where the containment unit is open, and now there's ghosts, and now the gang's got to get back together. To fix the problem, you fuck, know what I mean. And that's fuck. another. That'd that's be another. beautiful. Yeah, That'd so I mean, beautiful. it's right That'd there. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, somehow whatever happens in the firehouse, the containment unit gets open, and they don't have to go corporate. They just gotta like, oh shit, we're the only ones that really know what we're doing. Yeah. Like, so like that. That's the next movie, and it's it's pretty easy. It's low hanging fruit. So and if they decide to do it, I'll be I'll be checking it out in the movie theater. Well, here's my thing, because I've already heard a rumor that the next one they might bring back fucking Vigo as the second as the villain the second one the villain from the second movie they might bring him back for the second one I'm like if they do that I'm not watching that fucking movie like, I've seen that movie yeah. I already yeah fucked. are you gonna really re-show us the river of fucking slime if I wanted yeah. to watch my DVD like I have yeah. it I've seen it millions yep. of fucking times I agree bringing back Gozer I'm okay with especially the way that they did it with the mine and the selenium and all that uh, bringing back ego, nah, not not as interested. No, so. just do something new. Literally, just 
fucking scroll through encyclopedia and pick a demigod. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. Pick another Babylonian. Yeah. I don't want to see the same fucking... (laughs) Like, it's just the same fucking villain, the same fucking... Everything the same. I don't want to see everything the same. Like, I get it. People want nostalgia, and they want Ghostbusters, but Ghostbusters isn't just Gozer. It isn't Vigo. It isn't a river of slime. It's the fact that it's a real world that has fucking... It's a scary movie that only these groups of people can handle. And like, like literally, I just typed into my phone, Babylonian gods, and we could have Inanma, Marduk, Urkel, Utu, Sin, Anu, Enki, Hadad, Apsu, Nurgle, Natbu, Ninurta, uh, that one's hard to say, uh, Ningal, <laughs> Nimil, Nisaba, Ninhursag, Tiamat, Kingu, Dimazid, Nuska, and, and it goes on and on. And it, you know what I mean? Like, Come on, guys. Like, you don't have to go with ego. You've got a whole freaking... That was a, a simple Google search. <laughs> Babylon, just, Babylonian gods. I'm sure one of those is dark. Yeah, or a Samaritan, or what, whatever. Like, just... Yeah. I don't want to see the same movie, because I've seen I agree. the same movie. I agree. So, but... I, I, I mean, I would I would just be down for the guys getting together to, like, find all the ghosts that got loose in the containment unit, and without the big bad. Like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I would I would love to see that too and just have like the torch being passed along to the kids you know like some kind of ride along or something like it. there's a way to do the movie that and I like your way to do even if it's low hanging fruit it sounds fun yeah and terrifying at the same time so like that's what Ghostbusters should be it should not I will be, tell you watching oh go ahead no it should just not be another rehash watching the movie when she's like on the farm with the proton pack like testing it and I hear I was like, oh, Danny was bonerific. <laughs> and you know what? I was like, oh, they're using, they're using those themes very, very well. They and you know what? And also, that's also a thing that I applaud, that I love, 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 love. Was they Giacchino'd the shit out of that soundtrack? Where they took the original soundtrack and redid it to pay homage to the original movie, but still be new. Yeah. Like what he did with Rogue One. So it was just like, oh, oh, it was beautiful. I was like, I love, again, I, I really love this movie. And I, there's tons of it that I loved, but there was so much of it that like a small, not so much, but just a handful of it that it just fucking bothered me so fucking much. Okay. I mean, long and short, what, how do you grade it? Give it a grade, Danny. Overall grade? Like, yeah. Overall grade, it was probably about like a C plus. A C plus. Wow. Yeah. yeah it's just it's, it, like I said, the things that I don't like really killed it for me because the rewatchability okay. for this isn't high. Because I'll just watch the fucking first one. Uh, see, I, I disagree. I feel like when this is available to watch, I'm gonna watch the piss out of it. So yeah, and I think I'm gonna watch watch the trilogy, like watch all three, and be perfectly okay with it. But. I feel like the way it all ends, like even though there's the you know the Marvel end credit scenes, I don't need any more. I feel like this is a beautiful wrap up. I agree. So and like I I like the I like the story and like I like the me and Heather we were having dialogues about like Egon's sacrifice. You know what I mean? And the way they the way they show like him like figuring out that that threat in New York. I like that that the threat in New York was only the tip of the iceberg. That that Evo Shandor fuck with all J.K. Simmons mustache twirlery, uh, <laughs> freaking! It was much. It went so much deeper. In fact, it went into a fucking mine, friends. 
Uh, so, so I like that. Like literally the New York building was like, like his first go at it. You know what I mean? And there was like a second go. And even if you don't feel the threat, you remember the threat from the first Ghostbusters. So that threat can carry over to the, to the third movie. Yeah, but then that's, that goes back to what I was saying earlier: is you're, you're abusing the audience knowledge of what happens for the character's knowledge. Like it's just. I, I bet you that's a crime of many movies if we really yeah. want. So. Yeah. Yes, it is. But I mean, that's you know, it's it's entertainment and it's books. Like it happens all the time. So it is what it is. I, I felt like there were enough mentions of like the the big New York City ghost thing. You know that that like it would be knowledge at least for the people involved. All right. So, yeah, like, you know, I, I feel you. I understand what you're saying. And I'm not it probably would be better if there was more to it. But I'm OK with what happened. Like I like I said, when I message you, I love the movie. I have no critiques other than maybe more ghosts and I don't need to stay pups. Um, and then really the the kids all leaving to go to the mountain. <laughs> the boss just stuck flipping burgers. <laughs> uh, small town Oklahoma life. It's real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. And I, I mean. Yeah, Dirt Farmer, uh, the way they, just the way they got Harold Ramis in the movie, just my hat's off. Wow, wow. I mean, like, not, they didn't get the star of that movie. They did. Yeah, and, and, the, and the choice to not have him talk. Uh, I'm sure there were voices in the room saying he has to talk. And just, you know, Jason Redman being like, no, he doesn't. You can communicate without talking, you yeah. know? I mean, there could have been an easy soundbite or something that they could have edited in there. The fact that him not saying anything just built on that emotion that was in the scene and just made it that much better. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, so I, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I I give it an A minus or a B plus. Um, I didn't have the the same big critiques as you, but I I feel that. I mean, like it yeah, it's completely valid, and I don't think any of like your critiques are unfair. You know. I don't I don't know what movie exists with a threat that like, you know what I mean? Like introducing the new thing, I probably I might have been more turned off. Like I like if you're going into the love letter to your your director dad and Harold Ramis, like you sort of like, you know, tying into like familiar things like makes sense to me. And like because you get Gozer and the gatekeeper and the key master, like you get that lovely like Paul Rudd, you know, doing the Wayne Zelensky, Rick Moranis, you know? you get freaking Carrie Coon getting to pull the Sigourney Weaver. And like, fuck them. All of a sudden when it said starring and it said Sigourney Weaver, and I'm like, she wasn't in that goddamn movie. And then they <laughs> cut to the scene. I was like, you bastards. You <laughs> bastards. Like, you at least need to show her name after this scene, you fucks. <laughs> Although the scene was lovely. It was great. I loved it. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> bastards. It was so good, but I was so mad at them. Yeah, because I was even like, what? And yeah. then he came on, and I was like, oh, I feel stupid now for saying <laughs> something out loud. Exactly. For, for my audible what? Yeah. No, we, we were in the same boat. I was like, dirty dogs. Uh, but that's fine. Uh, and I mean, the, all the I thought all the actors acted well. I thought that, you know, everybody was committed to it. The movie took itself seriously enough while also realizing it's a funny thing. It's a goofy thing. Agreed. I actually like Muncher versus Slimer. Uh, go fuck yourself. I, you know, how do you get Slimer into the movie without it just being like you say, nostalgia nipple rubbing? You know what I mean? Well, just don't he's, have him. He's in the been movie. trapped. He's in fucking containment in the yeah. in New York City. So you get, you're gonna get Slimer if my movie happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yes, you're probably gonna get Slimer, but just don't put Slimer in it. 
Like, Muncher was okay. Like, Muncher was more... Like, Slimer was just, like, a, a ghost that gets you past, like, to make everything work. They show you how this ghost traps. They show you how the proton works. It's like, this right. is... Muncher was more of just like he's just going to be a convenient ghost at the convenient time. To oh, Muncher! Muncher serves the same purpose for people that don't know about the proton packs and the traps. True, he does. He serves the same purpose. But if you already know about that stuff, you're like, okay, we're rehashing. But if you don't, it literally Muncher is serving that same purpose. So I'm sure there are haters of this movie that are like, basically fucking Force Awakens, just redoing that first movie. Okay, Which I've heard and don't 100% agree that statement there there are definitely familiar nostalgic elements and it's you know that what do they say results may vary or yeah you know yeah Yeah. so yeah i can say heather really liked it she really enjoyed it she's like wow that was sweet that was cute that was funny she's like i enjoyed it thank you all accurate yeah so and both of us like afterwards we're like man that was a fun movie we're glad we went on a little date and did it and then that night i got to see muppets so fuck it was a good day You know what I mean? Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was the last day before I got sick. <laughs> so, yeah. And maybe I just had too much joy in one day. That's why I'm sick. Oh, maybe you owe, you owe the, the karma god some bad bad stuff for being too happy. Yeah. Um, but all right, no. man. I, th- I, think we, I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed the piss out of the movie. And I recommend it. I would recommend it to people. Okay. Even though it's a C plus. Yeah. Yeah. But that C plus for my reasons. But See, I don't. For- I don't recommend C pluses, but I get it. I get it. You're like you're of two two minds on it. Yes, thank you, thank yeah. you. It's very that, that's why I couldn't like just text it to you because it's just like <laughs> my thought process is very complex because I do love this movie. It just like I we 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 spend so much time like looking at all these films that we can't help but like think critically about some of the stuff and like we have like I mean I'm sure you built up in your mind what the perfect like third movie in Ghostbusters was. You know what I mean? As much as you love it. Whereas I I went in like, I don't know how the fuck they're going to do a third movie. Let's see what happens. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. I approve. There you go. Good job. Yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah, yes and no. I just, there's just, I think it could have gone a little bit more ground, down to earth or grounded to say, and then maybe just something, a new villain or whatever. So stay I was telling Heather, I really like, yeah. No, go ahead. What you're telling Heather? No, just like the the fact that with the modern CGI, the effects of the proton packs and all that stuff still felt to me like they existed in the original movie's world. Yes. <clears throat> just they were able to show us more. Yes. Like, it, I mean, I know you don't like the solo movie, but I think like a comparison, like blasters shooting people in Star Wars versus Rio getting shot by a blaster in Solo. Like, effects are different, so you can see somebody all charred and burnt inside. You know what I mean? It's the same technology, just, you know, they can do more with effects now. I guess it's sort of, like, my thought. Like, so the proton packs causing all that damage, which makes you, like, go back to that original Ghostbusters and be like, that's why New York City was so mad at them. You know what I mean? The effects wasn't the issue to me. Like, it just, everything felt so big. Anyways, like... the action scene just seemed a lot bigger than it was. Um, no, but I forgot. I lost my train of thought. No, but like the, the stay puff thing is not their fault because it would have been a great scene. It would have been, it would have been a, a giant payoff if they were to baby Yoda that shit, but they didn't. So yeah, that's, that's definitely some, somebody that didn't have faith 
in the draw of the movie that's like, let's just pull out this amazing thing and spoil it. And they're wrong. They should have kept it secret. They should have. And it really, I think if they kept it secret, it would have been such a much bigger payoff. And I, I fall in like in the last trailer that I saw when they showed the the demon dog and breaking out of the Walmart. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't need to see that. I would have liked to have been surprised by that. Yes, I didn't so. know that was going to happen, but yes. That's yeah, a, but it was in it was in the like last trailer, and I was like, oh crap. I'm like, if it's chasing Paul Rudd, that means Paul Rudd's going to become one of them. I was like, okay. And then I actually forgot about it and was surprised by it, and then remembered the trailer, and I was like, oh. That's because I didn't, didn't assign that much importance to that memory. <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, but that's not their, that's not the director's or writing's fault. That's that's like you said, some suit who, who wants to sell tickets. All right, man. Well, it's it's late. It's uh, midnight, so I'm yeah. gonna let you go, brother. Uh, you too, bro. You, we all gotta work. Well, at least I gotta work. I don't know about you, but that is our Ghostbusters Afterlife spoiler thoughts. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed it, and if you didn't. <clears throat> and you're joining for the Boba Fett speculation. You missed something good. That's okay. <laughs> you can always go back. And hopefully you did. And hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, we're going to pass it back to past or yeah, past tense, Wookie, Danny, the deuce and, and blue. Welcome back, blue. Getting ready to put some tapioca in the mouth. Yeah. Tapioca. Uh, Welcome back. Tapioca. Enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So hopefully you enjoyed uh, that that review of uh, me and Danny talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, although we full admission, as you know, we haven't talked about it yet, so I don't know how good it actually is. But we need Blue still around and not ejecting. So we're going to finish off. You know, we spilt the tea on Ghostbusters and Shang-Chi. That rhymes. But now, do you want some boba in your tea? Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's specifically, hey, Book of Boba Fett's coming out December 29th. But before that movie comes out, I want recorded for posterity our speculatory thought on the Book of Boba Fett. Our hopes, our dreams, our worries. Because I think it'd be a very interesting experiment to be able to cut out this audio and include it when we do our obligatory review episode of Book of Boba Fett. (laughs) Okay, that's good. Yeah. And also saying spill the tea and do you want some boba? That's just clever. That's that's, <laughs> that's good titles. <laughs> um, so because we're speculating and, you know, I have on record of not watching or reading anything leading up to shows that I really want to watch. Was there something that was released or dropped that makes you want to speculate that it gives you a better idea? Or is this just off the cuff? This is just off the cuff. OK. All right. I didn't know if there was some kind of like big trailer that came out with some juicy juicy imagery that that you're like oh i think i know where this is going no they there are tv spots that are dropping as of this point i have not seen any of the tv spots that have dropped um i did listen to a podcast where they talked about it but these guys were real careful with like non-spoilers so they really didn't talk about anything specific and i was like in my car trying to drive safe so i don't even remember what they talked about so it was a good podcast essentially (laughs) (laughs) but um no, this this really comes down to uh, I uh, I wrote down for some posterity some some what I thought was gonna happen because uh, I wanted it out there before like officially like the thing came um, and uh, I just I figured it'd be a, it'd be a fun little talk it could be a good like twenty thirty minutes of talk and why yeah. not yeah why not so uh, do you want you guys want me to start yeah 
All right. So this is literally what I wrote into into my show notes when I text myself because I'm sad and lonely. I said this. This is what I want. I want to see the escape from the Sarlacc. Um, I have a feeling that a crate dragon is involved. I really think that the crate dragon that we saw in Mandalorian season two uh, is going to potentially eat the Sarlacc, uh, which does sort of tie into like Chuck Wendig's aftermath books, uh, which is why like Boba is able to escape. Um, and then I think that is how we get the sand people interactions because the sand people like revere the crate dragon so much. So they would be interested and they would obviously be aware of the Sarlacc pit, like in the desert, like stay away from that shit. That's it'll eat you. <laughs> so I, I think that's how, you know, you get initial, like maybe the sand people uh, get Boba back to health, which is why you see him later with a gaffy stick, uh, maybe even like, you know, something with the crate pearl. Um, and then beyond that, I don't, I don't, there's, there's nothing I desire than just a good underworld on Tatooine and maybe some other places story but uh if i honestly if i don't see the uh the him escaping from the sarlacc just finally getting that answer and having it be semi-acceptable i don't even need it to be my dreams or hopes but like where i'm like okay cool i think i'll be very down on book of boba fett even if it's a great show i'll just be like eh okay fine but i still have a big fucking question and i need that yeah. big question answered uh, and they've perfectly shown how they can do flashbacks and it works doesn't even have to be an entire episode um i did read something with kathy kennedy where they asked her like are they going to show this and she said i cannot answer that question john favreau would be so mad at me uh, and take <laughs> from that comment what you will but that did give me hope uh, that sounded like uh like a you know saying yes without saying yes mm-hmm. but uh what do you what do you guys think like about am i do i want too much no, like that's definitely like when you ask the question, when you pose this question to us at the get go, that was like the very first thing that came to my mind was, yes, I want to know what the fuck. How the hell did he get out of that? Like, how was he not immediately digested? Like, am I wrong? The one that is like part of the first episode of Book of Boba Fett, like start oh. off with like continue right from him taking the throne in, in Jabba's palace. That's fine. But somehow and I don't know how they do it. Weave in. Or maybe I guess that's the opening of, like, the second episode. I don't know. But I need it, like, in the first couple episodes. I need it. Oh, no. No, this is going to be, like, mid-episode. Like, mid-season. Because the entire time, every time Boba meets somebody, it's going to be the running trope. How the fuck oh, yeah. does he survive? Every, so every new, quote-unquote, new character that's introduced in the show, any anybody who knows Boba, knows that he got eaten, are going to be like, how the fuck did you survive? I think we get to like episode three, four, maybe five, where we finally see how it survives. But it's going to be like this great mystery that leads up into that. Okay. And is it finally like everybody's asking and he's not answering? And then Ming Na Wen's like, How did you survive? And then he's like, Oh, I guess I'll tell the story. Yeah. uh, Like, do you think it's like that? No. Yeah. No, really? Uh, No, I just think it just gets revealed somehow through some flashback how he finally makes it. Or maybe it's kind of like on season one of Mandalorian, where like every time he hears like a hammer hit, he gets like that flashback. So <laughs> I, w- I would not be happy if they redid that. They might. It's the same story. So it's Favreau. All right. So here's my. I guess since we're talking about predictions, and I'm already shitting on your parade. My, this is. You're not I, shitting. You're saying I'm gonna get it. You're just saying I'm not gonna get it when I want it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I think this lead up of two seasons of Mandalorian 
is the end game of what Favreau truly wanted and is to tell the story of Boba Fett that he played with his action figures growing up. Like, this is his narrative, how after watching Return of the Jedi, like, this is how he envisioned it. So we're see, we're going to see a nostalgia toy box filled uh, show of Favreau's vision of how he saw this all along when he was playing in his den. Like, this is, you're going to see a lot of familiar faces. You're going to see a lot of new faces and a lot of, like, maybe some crazy shit. But I think this is Favreau's endgame. This is what he really wanted this entire time. Okay. Yeah, I can see that being a thing, definitely. So I, I'm a, a lot of nostalgia. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm predicting. Just so a you lot think all the, all the aliens are going to be those original aliens we got for those action figures? The yeah. ones that he played with? Like, every one of those aliens are going to be one of the ones that you got in that first couple runs of, of Hasbro figures? You're going to see a lot of familiar faces. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I could see, like, I don't know how they do it, but I, I literally, like, if they show, like, the whole Sarlacc thing and then, like, show, like, Boba, like, waking up in a cold sweat and then going about his stuff, I think that works, you know? Because it's not, not a pleasant memory. Maybe, I like, also... sleeping on the throne and he hears that hookah bubble and he gets, like, a flashback of him being digested and, like, the stomach acid. And he's like, oh. Uh, I, I just I, I also really want somebody to be like, didn't Han Solo like shoot you? And he's like, We don't <laughs> we don't talk about that blind man. <laughs> or literally like shooting the person just like right in the chest and be like, Don't ever talk about that blind man to me. <laughs> solo. Yeah, fucking solo. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Dink Ferret. Solo. <laughs> <laughs> So I would be very, very happy if there was a, a solo mention at some point, too. I mean, there could also be a solo cameo. You don't know. That's true. I, I hope not. I don't see how they could do it where I would be happy about it. But who knows? Who knows? I, I also kind of hope that there's not. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would take away from it. Although, yeah. if if I did have fears, that would be one of the fears that they did. I mean, I I see a world where you don't have Solo, but you have Chewbacca, and it could work. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. It's just you're just more biased towards Chewbacca. You're right. They could they could literally (laughs) do thirty minutes of Chewbacca just like fiddling around inside the cockpit of the Falcon, and you'd be like, that was like the best episode ever. He just hit switches and went. I I literally would just be happy if Black Kersantan shows up. And and he's like, you remind me of another Wookiee. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. and then I'm good. I'm good. You remind me of a blind man and a Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I saw. I saw an interview with him where he wasn't talking about any specifics, but he was saying what he wanted to bring to it. And I forget. I think the word is "ihe," which in Maori, he's like, it doesn't really have a definition. But when the hairs stand up on the back of your neck, that's what it means. And in my head, I was like, that's a definition. But I was like, it's, <laughs> I'm like, it's more of a feeling than an actual like word description, but it's still the definition, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so question. So do you think, cause the, the, the Marvel comics Star Wars run just did a giant war, the bounty hunters for over Han's carbonated body. Right. You yeah. think that, do you think they're going to mention that in the show? Oh, you think I that's something to play? I mean, they could, they'd be smart. Yeah. It's done well and gets people interested in that comic run. You know what I mean? That's synergy. Also, yeah. They're, they're supposed to be canon, right? So 
it would make sense if it's yeah. somehow mentioned, right? If, if, if IG-88 fucked over Boba Fett. I, don't, I didn't read the run. So, like, I know Korra. Uh, I, I've been flirting with, like, reading it free, but I always feel bad about that because, like, I want to pay, like, you know, the money to, like, give the support to the people that made it. So I haven't oh, yeah. yet. But um, also want to be paid so I can support people who make it. So right. catch 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But uh, it's definitely of the of the current Marvel because of course I don't have a pull list anymore. But of like the Marvel Star Wars comics that have come out, that's one I really want to read. Um, oh, so I mean, there, there's a way. What else, like what do we think speculatory wise? Like I've I've watched the trailer. I'm pretty sure Blues watched the trailer. I know Danny hasn't. But with like the underworld stuff, like do you have any like speculatory like what you think is gonna happen? Okay, now hear me out. I have <laughs> I have what I want to happen in my head canon, and then I have what I think is gonna happen. Now what I think is gonna happen, we're gonna see some really um uh like crazy shit like the start of the first order and like where their money is coming from and blah blah blah. That kind of stuff is what I think is going to happen. We're going to see some, um, like, uh, maybe some reveals of some secret, like, evil shit going down. Maybe, like, some extra Sith stuff. Um, maybe a trade in, like, uh, old Jedi, like, um, relics and stuff like that. But what, what I want in my head canon to happen is that he gets down there and he's doing his thing, right? And people start asking him about, like, what's going on? And then somebody challenges him to some sort of fight, but the creature doesn't fight properly, and then he has to rap against it. And he's like, they call me Boba Fett. Don't want to west with me. I stick my balls in your mouth like Boba tea. And I, I would just be <laughs> like, what? so good. I that's my head cannon. That's what I want to have happen. <laughs> I know it's not going to happen, but I want it to happen. I almost <laughs> literally walked out of this podcast right now. <laughs> uh, you can't leave. We got to talk afterlife. <laughs> Speaking of afterlife, I think I just went there. <laughs> Blue, you're so silly. That would be that would be cool, man. <laughs> I th- I think that literally like shows like how me and Blue are on the end where we're like. We're okay with like enjoying some Boba Fett comment content, but we didn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whereas I think Danny comes from a different angle, like Jones in for the Boba. Although it's Boba. funny because I think both me and Blue actually like Boba in our drinks, and Danny doesn't. <laughs> I do. I like Actually. Boba in my drinks. Oh, you like the tapioca? I like the balls in my mouth. Ooh, Hell. that. So if I'm a Asparagus and your rutabaga, does that make blue tapioca? Yeah. Yes. Finally, I have the name. Uh, I think we gave you a name, but we forgot what it was. And it wasn't as good as tapioca. Tapioca. Yeah. <laughs> tapioca. Yes, yeah. tapioca. You like the boba in your mouth. I love it. So good. So good. So good. You feel so nice. I mean, feels so nice. Danny, I don't know how to do this speculation without, like, talking about stuff that was shown in the trailers. Whatever. So I'm apologizing in advance. Uh, I'm going to, like, rough shot over some stuff. So there is a moment where you see, like, basically, like, a crime boss boardroom, right? So, like, a meeting of the five families. And, like, everybody in the room is an alien. I won't say what kind of alien. Uh, but, like, 
seeing that, I was just like, oh, hell yeah, we're going to see some freaking aliens. And I had the thought, like, this is John Favreau's childhood. These are all those, like, first-run Hasbro toys, like, brought to life. Because they've been doing that with, like, The Mandalorian, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, sweet Christmas. This is freaking good. And it's funny because it comes out December 29th. So sweet Christmas. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like, I'm like, so that's really rad. They're, they show a couple different locations that could or couldn't be Tatooine. So there is a world where like the entire thing is on Tatooine and like season two of Book of Boba Fett goes further. Um, but they could because they're dealing with like, you know, the crime syndicates of Star Wars you know, dive into, like, what's going on with, like, you know, the Black Hand and with the Pikes and all that. So, oh, there, there's so much goodness, and I, I'm eager, although it's only seven episodes, so I'm also like, don't don't go too far. And I guess in Favreau I trust, because he did so good with season one and two of The Mandalorian. And mm-hmm. there's already been, like, you know, they've shown some crew stuff from them, like, releasing it, and it said season one, so everybody's like, well, you don't put fucking season one if you're not getting a second season. You know, like, yeah, it's just, just not what you do. That's just dumb. <laughs> so and i i see where they have so much story to tell where they need more than a season you know what i mean and that's fine they have the fan base for it and that like obviously they've taken me who could give two shits about boba fett uh before like his return in the mandalorian and i'm like okay you did it right i'm interested as long as you fucking show me how i got out of that dab gum sarlacc like just, <laughs> I, mean, I need it it was like your idea and you don't give a shit about boba fett what like, do you mean it this trailer like the, the hype already has you talking about it and you're like the least boba boba person yeah yeah I'm, oh I'm, yeah like this was your idea like i wasn't be like hey guys let's talk about it. like hot white for some baba like no you're just like speculating i was like okay that's weird you must be sick because this is definitely your <laughs> idea no i mean like i've literally had that that text like sitting in my freaking thing and i was like you know, if if I have to throw a Hail Mary for what we're going to talk about, then that's an idea. You know, yeah, I, I fully have, like, lists ready for some of the other things that I mentioned to you guys, but it would have been work on your end. So I get that. So we didn't do those. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think there, I think there's value in, like, the discussion of Boba Fett before it actually happens and before they drop some more freaking trailers and TV spots, you know. Yeah. And I, I think I am in a world where I don't really care to watch anymore. December 29th is right around the corner. It's the first of December as we're recording. It, it'll be here in no time. <laughs> oh, yeah. it will be. It'll be quick. It will. So, yeah. So what I think is going to happen, the, since we're speculating the, on like mob bosses and stuff, is that he's going to try to be like what's the, what's the, what's the term? The gentler, kindler machine gun hand, where he's going to be like, all right, guys, like I'm going to be in charge, but we're going to do things like in the better way. And then like someone's going to act up and he's going to shoot him in the chest and be like, okay. All right, from now on, we're going to do things in a better way. That makes a little bit more sense, better for business. And then someone else is going to act up, and he's going to shoot them and be like, okay, from now on, like, this is the time. <laughs> Stop fucking around. I mean, honestly, I, I agree with you just from, like, what I saw in the trailer. I think, like, this is Michael Corleone, like, at the, Godfather at, three. <laughs> at, yeah, at the old Godfather 2, Godfather 3, but, like, where he finally, like, has to, like, go full, like, Godfather and I, I see that, and I, I think that'd be a very interesting story, like him trying to do, like, the the more honorable approach to it, and then just be like, okay, if it's blood you want, it's blood you get, you know? Yeah. The other I thing agree. I, I sort of kind of need to see, although if it's not there, I'll forgive him, uh, I need a little bit of a little details for, like, Fennec Shan dead in the desert. Okay. You know? Like, yes, she shows up in Mando Season 2 with the metal tummy. Okay. 
but uh, I could I could do with like three or four minutes yeah, of yeah. of showing him coming across her in the desert and like you know her actually being alive and like dragging her to like some droid buster and and moss whatever and like getting her the metal tum tum. Yeah. Like I think uh you know but, or even like do they have connections because of the bad batch and her showing up like uh, is that the first time they met or is there like a previous like you know partnership so. You know, and that that could be just some good exposition, like them talking stuff. So I'm yep. interested in that. I want I want a little bit more for that, like Fennec Shan, Boba, you know, more than just happenstance. Like she's got a metal tum tum. She's here with Boba. He saved her. Okay, deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> so. I like that. Uh, that uh, the way you explained it, I want to see that. But all right, hear hear me out. What if Boba trying to take over the underworld splits the underworld in two, and you create kind of like a cartel war but the opposing guy to boba is freaking cad bane Ooh, and he's just I, like fuck that kid he's not gonna be in charge if anyone's gonna be in charge it's gonna be mr golden pleats over here Ooh, and you just got me excited for hondo anaka showing up oh you know he's gonna show he has to show up in this somewhere oh yeah that'd be pretty cool yeah oh my god that would be freaking lovely live action cad bane and hondo. yeah Especially because freaking Bad Batch with like Cad Bane and freaking Fennec and oh man, I love that. That'd be yeah. great. That's that's almost so great that when it doesn't happen, I'm like, man, I know how to build a better Star Wars. <laughs> All goes back to this conversation. And literally, Danny, that comment makes this entire idea worth it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, you it does. It does. That's lovely, Danny. I love that. I I co-sign that vigorously with a big old john hancock size signature nice let's, <laughs> let's write it out and send it to the mouse so we can get this done. i mean literally like and it, it's a seg it's a digression but like anybody ever stop to think like last names have to do with like what people did so like if your last name was smith you were a smith and if your name was miller you were miller or carpenter but like what did john hancock's family do oh no <laughs> <laughs> Just oh no <laughs> pluck chickens it's a good old timey joke. Yeah. Uh, so does that mean that Django comes from a long line of tapioca makers? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, they oh. they they were felt felt fasteners, but but they were they didn't like to enunciate, so it just turned into fet. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Long line of felt fasteners. They're the original Muppet makers in that galaxy. <laughs> To tie it all together. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I since they're doing so much aliens, I would love to see some like wonderful puppetry work. Yeah, you know, they they did a little bit in Mandalorian, but if you're really going, like, give me some great like creature puppetry work. Fuck I'd, yeah, I'd be very very happy about that. I mean, even where like in Mando season two, where they they did the one short like through the binoculars, or maybe it was in the first season of the Blurgs. And they did the stop motion blurgs like to pay homage to like the Ewok movie. Uh, yeah. Like that that's sort of like old timey like paying tribute to like the origins of Star Wars makes me happy. And I I really feel that's like Favreau like exactly where it's coming from. Like Johnny Favs is all about it. So I'd be really excited. And I want like the Sand People. I want more from the Sand People. I love how they're fleshing out like that whole indigenous to like tattooing thing. Um, mm -hmm. And I th I think with the Sarlacc and the crate and like the rescue of Boba, like that really could be freaking 
fantabulous. And like with Bulba trying to figure out the underworld of Tatooine, I feel like he's a guy who would be like, we're not fighting with the sand people anymore. Like they're they're my muscle. Like we're bringing them in. Like this is a thing. Like this is their land. We will honor them. You know what I mean? And that's real close to freaking like, you know, the actors, Maori, like culture. So I just, oh, it could be really good. It could well, be. I'm really excited to see what happens. I just because I want to see how the hell he gets out of that fucking pit. <laughs> yes, you're so you're so obsessed with the dude. Fucking... I am. I just want to know how the fuck he got out of it. I've seen okay. I've seen the fucking diagram of a sarlacc. Okay, and those things are fucking gigantic. Like, how do you get out of that? Right, and they. I mean, in the comics, they've shown like you know what they look like when they're juveniles. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, it's 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 interesting. You know, sarlacc's like out out of like the ground are freaking scary. So like. Yeah, we need we need a good answer, and uh, I think I think this is something that like because Favreau is such a Boba lover, I think that he's thought about it, and in his mind he has the coolest explanation to him, <laughs> and that's what we're gonna get, and that's gonna be okay with me because anybody that's thought long and hard about it, like you know, I I gave it a good like thirty minute consideration and came up some, with something I think is pretty cool, and I I know that there are like stories from like the non-canon works now about how Boba gets out. And then um, there actually is like a mention in like Chuck Wendig's like aftermath, at least of like something happens to the Sarlacc and it gets injured and dies. So like the Jawas are like scavenging and like, you know, collect stuff. So, and I think with the crate dragon, it just makes sense. Yeah. Is what, what could idea. like burrow through the sand and kill a Sarlacc? That big fucking monster from the first episode of season two of The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. yeah. Boy, was it. Huh? And boy, was it big. Yeah, it was. It was. So it, was. it was great. So is that is that all for our speculation? I think okay. so. I'm not topping myself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So there we go. We, uh, we did the speculation and we did the thing. So, friends, thanks for listening. You've joined us for our over two-hour episode of a bunch of random stuff. Some geekery, some Shang-Chi, some Ghostbusters Afterlife, and uh, and some speculation about Boba. Spilling the tea with the Boba in the tea. Um, so yeah, uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. You know the drill. Uh, Anchor.fm slash laugh-it-up-fuzzball is where the podcast is hosted. And uh, if you want merch, tpublic.com slash user slash laugh-it-up-fuzzball. Uh, if you want to engage on social media, the easiest way to do it, if you have a Facebook account, a Book of Faces account, Go to the Laugh It Up Fuzzballs Facebook group, ask to join. We say yes, and you can 100% engage with me, Danny, and Blue on that page. Like, it's it's really, really easy. It is the easiest way to engage with Mr. Deuce, for sure. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the easiest way is me and Blue, because we, we have a group message, but you don't get to join that. Sorry. <laughs> we're, we're not at the relationship where we're passing out our phone numbers yet. <laughs> uh but what else? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Wookie Riot. Uh, I do post there, not like crazy style, because I'm not an influencer, you know. But I do on occasion. Uh, Instagram, I post some funny pictures. I've got one that I want to post either tonight or tomorrow. Um, what else? Uh, Blue at Blue Wolf D on the Instagram. Uh, Danny does have social media like that, but he doesn't plug it here, and that's his prerogative. That's his prerogative. Do do do. And uh, laugh it up fuzzball podcast at gmail.com if you want to send an email. If you want to go to those old timey worlds of sending a, a mail letter through the interwebs, more than welcome to. I would welcome it. I would celebrate it. And I think that's all the things, right? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So uh, 
I hope you enjoyed your tea as we're as we're finishing off. Uh, Danny, what's your favorite kind of tea? Uh, I like black sesame. Ooh. I don't know Ooh. if I've ever had that. Yeah, eat a dick, motherfucker. Don't think I eat boba. I'm not a boba. <laughs> Fair enough. Mr. Blue, what's your favorite kind of tea? Um, Right now, I've been really feeling the rose tea, but typically I Ooh. like a lavender chamomile. Oh, you like the flowery stuff. Yeah, I like floral shit. It's yeah. good, man. Ooh. Nice. I myself, I, I really enjoy a good black tea. I really enjoy green tea very, very much. Uh, and my colonizer ancestry really does have me all about some real gray tea. Oh, there you go. Yeah. A, a good London fog is pretty good, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. London fog is real good. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, that wraps it all up. We'll catch you guys on the flip side with the next episode. I hope you uh, enjoyed which... Boba Talk with Wookiee and <laughs> 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 And we'll, we'll, we'll catch you on the the next round of the podcast, whether that be a, a news roundup or another whatever conversation. We'll see. I mean, if anything, you know, every two weeks we do one of these fun uh, group episodes and that's, I enjoy it. It's, it's something I look forward to every week, boyos. I really do. Same. Right. All right. Well, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. And until then, uh, be excellent to each other. Party on dudes. And this is a uh, blue, blue, blue. <laughs> and Danny the Deuce, Sheriff of Dusseldorf. <laughs> and Joe the Wookiee Riot. Out. So out. Incredibly out. Blue River. Boba no. in the night. <laughs> speculation right right here. My name is Boba Fett. Don't want to mess with me. I stick my balls in your mouth like Boba tea. <laughs>